to Moralia Python Radio with your hosts, Eric Burke and Owen McIntyre. All right, good evening, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Moralia Python Radio. It feels like, Owen, that we have not done this in a while. Forever. Yeah, because well, <laughs> we, you were the one with you and Rob last week, right? Or was that... No, we did that before, before. we no, left. We, oh my god! <laughs> yeah, we did. Yeah, that. but it's like, well, no, no, no. But, before we no, left, wait. like I'm talking, like I. Left. But I know, but like, wait, did you? Did you but, but we didn't record last week. You released the one that Rob had, or did we record last week? I don't remember. We did not record last week. Uh, that's why it seems like it was a while ago. Yeah, because it's been like two okay. weeks. Yeah. So. Yeah. Weird. Um. <laughs> But uh, but tonight we are joined by we're going to be talking to uh, Roy Stewart, um, and hopefully I get this right again. Tierra de Morelia, which is land of Morelia. So we're, going to be t- <laughs> we're going to be talking about uh, you know of course of course Morelia like we do and we always do. Um, but uh, we're going to hit on some uh, Indo Australian species as well as uh, a couple. Uh, uh, Colubrids, right, Owen? I gotta get it right. For you, you know? Yeah, you have to do it right. You know, <laughs> right. whatever, but, whatever makes. Uh, what did they say on Rattel Gumbro? Whatever makes you happy. It's like, <laughs> all right, well, you know, yeah, yeah. You're quite the star as of recent, man. I mean, the wonder <laughs> I can't get any pro- showtime with you. You're, well, you're out gallivanting hate, amongst all the uh, the new the Reptile Gumbo podcast. And then I hate to break it to you, the uh, the the Brits came a calling today, and they scheduled me for. Uh, next wednesday on their show and apparently we're going to be it's going to be live contract negotiations oh, so you know I yeah see, i see i yep. see yeah. okay yeah th- those brits really do love you man you know i mean they asked me how you were how you were paying me during the whole coronavirus and i said paying and that's when they said mm. oh dear oh dear and i'm like so yeah it's, it's already going well let's get so. it straight man they ain't gonna be paying you anything <laughs> <laughs> They're going to be paying you, uh, you know, I don't know. What do you think? What do... I don't, nothing, mm. nothing. Because what, what are they going to do? Mail it to me? It would take forever. Yeah, yeah so. That's yeah, a true story. But no, we're going to go. It's all smoking mirrors, go. man. It is. It really is. You know, I just, I just can stare into Phelps' eyes the entire time, though. And I mean, that that's just worth it the whole time. He so. is such a lovable guy. I know. Isn't he? He's a wonderful beard. <laughs> you know, he's, he's just like such, whenever I hear him talk, I just feel like I'm, I'm so relaxed and I'm going to keep in the, steering the, like, oh, conversation to tortoises as much as I can so that they have to keep saying it. You know, <laughs> you know I would love I'm, I would love to pay him. You would talk about paying people. I would pay him <laughs> to read me the complete carpet python as like an audio book <laughs> and I could just listen to it in my car. I would never listen to a reptile podcast again. So I'm going to put this out there, uh, you know, and like they oh. could each take chapters, but the majority I mean, of it has to be felt. Sort of, you know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> some sort of Patreon that right. we have to set up somehow where right. you can pay to get a recorded copy of the Reptile and Chill Guys reading the right. complete Carpet Python. How, what they how, have, it would be brilliant. He has, <laughs> he has to do it in a tone like he's putting you to sleep like yes. you're a child. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I, I I would just that would be the greatest Christmas present I could ever God, get. I hope they listen to this. <laughs> you know, just like uh, I would I would want Phelpsy to read all the natural history sections. Okay. You know, and like um, I guess Danny could do. Dan, Danny has to do like the uh, uh, the the what's that where it's like the do's and don'ts in there or <laughs> sort of in there like he, you know what I mean, and you know. Right. 
Dan Haas, he can do like the the keeping and the breeding, you know, because he's uh, he's building cages and all kinds of stuff. Man, and, you know? and then the morph section is just all three of them yelling at it, but like the same time, like. Well, yeah. I can't I can't have Haas do the 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 snake names, <laughs> even though I mean it's just Morelia Spilota, Morelia Spilota McDowell, and he 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 has a hard time. He struggles with that stuff. You know what I mean, he he struggles yeah. a little bit with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, clearly you don't listen to the show, Owen, because you I do listen they to the take show. out that book and they try to read snake names every week and it always ends badly. I do listen to the show. I just, <laughs> I'm so far behind. Mm. I'm slowly catching up. Like, I do, like, I, I'll get on this kick with books and I'll just start shotgunning books and then I'll let the podcast build up and then I just start shotgunning podcasts. But Dear, then I find another book. So, yeah. Dear Reptile and Chill, you've yeah, been replaced by books. There's, you have chose poorly in the covers that you would like to listen to. Yeah, it does, they, they're like, you're like, look, look at this idiot. You want to steal him? Come mm. on. Yeah. Yes. So, um, well, I don't know about you, Owen, but I have, well, first I have to say this. I have a whole new found respect for people that are um, like, Nurses and doctors and the medical people that are like always yes. in this mode of being exposed to. Holy crap. Oh, my God. I mean, we're just selling groceries. I never thought that I would be considered an essential person of the world, but apparently I am. And I'm telling you, man, I have never been so stressed in all my life. If I don't get the coronavirus and die, God forbid. I may have a heart attack from the stress <laughs> of it. I mean, I don't know, man. I'm just, whew, it is, it is, it, it is a rough road, it, man. It, it's bonkers, you know. And you know, I, I again, I'm, I didn't know I was considered an essential employee, but you know, apparently you have to keep going, which is why they set me up at home to work from home. So it's like everybody's like, ah, you're all see, shut in and, and relaxed. I'm like, I no, would no, love I to have... work at home. You want to come buy some apples? I'll put them out on my lawn, just throw well, them in the on. mailbox, <laughs> and we'll move on. But no, I got to yeah, go in. <laughs> some tiny old lady's going to be knocking your door. Are these ripe apples? It's like, no, get the hell out of here. Like, you know, it's. And here's the worst part yeah. of it, right? We're dealing with mm -hmm. all this stuff. And today, mm -hmm. as I'm in the mm -hmm. middle of this, we won't spend too much time on this, uh, no. you know, this whole thing. But I just got to say this so people get a little snapshot into my world. And this is why carpet uh, uh, cliff notes hasn't happened and whatnot. But yeah, man, got shot in the chest across the street from us. <laughs> it was a drive-by. <laughs> I don't know what's happened in Philly, man, but I'm so glad I don't live there anymore. Good Jesus. God. <laughs> Like, oh, man. First off, I liked it better when your store was in the bougie area. I didn't have so to worry. Did <laughs> so did I, man. So did I. But, you know, whatever. Yeah, God. Go to Philly. It's so much better. You know, no, it's great. Not. Your ride won't be as long, they said. You know, it's like, oh, no. I'll, I'll, I'll spend the extra half hour in the car. Without... God damn. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. Crazy day. So, anyway. We're still trying um, to find. We're still trying find jim last time i last time i talked to him he was trying to see if he can get video footage of competitive curling to watch instead of because hockey and football and baseball and all those other wings are gone so um good luck jim we'll find you have, hopefully you, you make it i don't know <laughs> oh, yeah maybe we can have like fake sports or something for him. i that's what i'm saying he's trying to find like competitive curling and darts like he's right oh dear lost his mind yeah so Anyways, yeah, um, so yeah, we got that going on. I got one clutch on the ground. Um, nice, and uh, I sh I thought I would have a couple today, 
Um, clearly, if you listen to this week's episode, that was me and Rob talking about right before we left for Australia. But at that time, we were actually going to leave for Australia. But Still uh, full of hope. <laughs> that didn't work out too well. So here we are. But uh, yeah, good stuff. You? <laughs> I just um, left it as I good stuff. Just good stuff. How about you? Um, I got, uh, I have the one clutch on the ground, which is the jungle. And then the other clutch is I'm waiting on. And I keep like, you're doing that thing where you keep like poking in on the animal and yes. nothing happens. And you're like, uh, 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 like it just keeps happening. Um, and one of these days I'm going to get bit in the face. Cause like I usually do it in the morning when I'm tired and I haven't had coffee and I'm like just shoving my head in there. So, uh, but nothing's happened, uh, waiting on a couple clutches and just at this point, just hoping and, uh, we'll see. So as we just about to bring Roy on here, I have to say two things. One, when you go to his Facebook page, right, the very first thing is this beautiful, dark IJ, Poplin carpet, whatever you want to call it. Who cares at this point? Um, but it looks like she's about to lay. Ooh, that's a nice one. And I'll tell you what, Owen, if you scroll down mm-hmm. a little bit, he has one of the nicest tiger carpets that I've seen in a long time. I demand a link to this. Hold on. Let me find out what's going on here. And I think he may have laid a clutch. You message yeah. that over but, to me right now, sir. <laughs> yeah, I will. But first, we're going to be we're going to bring him on. And let's no, he him. waits. You bring that. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, no, don't bring him no, on. <laughs> no, don't bring him on right now. No, forget the guest. Show me tigers. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Uh, oh, I don't even have him muted. Okay, he's very quiet. What a what a great guest, right. man! You no, know, sometimes we have guests on and they're chomping on chips and shit. It's annoying. We had somebody swimming in a pool one time. Was that Dennis? Yes, he's <laughs> sipping on cocktails, swimming in a pool. I'm a Dennis. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah it's beautiful stuff. Uh, hey, Roy, man, welcome from Morelia Park on Radio. How you doing, man? Good. Didn't realize I was off mute. I'm glad I. Uh... It didn't embarrass myself there. <laughs> uh, we couldn't edit it out. No big deal. But yeah, I, I must applaud you for oh, your, okay. your 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 very uh, good guest guest etiquette. Hey, I had to try. I'm happy <laughs> happy to to not uh, to not botch it at this point already. So there you go, my man. All right. So um, Owen, why, I'm going to find this picture of the tiger, and why don't you do one. your little introduction stuff, and I'll send it to you and. As you're, you know, going through all that stuff. There's no I'll outline. Say. What are we doing? I'm sorry. Um, so I've done this for eight years. Yeah. I'm so confused. All right. Good so, Lord. Roy, welcome to Morality Python Radio. Uh, the first thing we do want to ask, usually we ask everybody, especially it's their first time on the show, is what get, got you started into reptiles? Sure. Yeah. Well, I appreciate the opportunity you guys have me. Um <clears throat> I'd say the seed was planted pretty early on by my dad as far as the interest in wildlife in general. He was a fisheries biologist, so growing up, we did a lot of fishing and hunting. Pretty much every family vacation was a fishing trip, you know, be it up north Wisconsin or down to Florida to see my grandparents. Um, And, you know, as a a lot of us, probably elementary, middle school age, we did spend a lot of time outside playing sports or down at the creek and out in the woods looking for stuff, whipping rocks and boards and whatnot. And, and um, I grew up in, in South Central Wisconsin, and there, you know, probably found and, and kept, at least during the summer months, a lot of the more commonly found stuff, the garter snakes, decay snakes, mm-hmm. uh, fox snakes. We had some cool salamanders we'd get up north 
the uh, blue spotted, the red back, of course, the tigers, um, all your frogs and toads, all that kind of stuff. So growing up, we, we weren't able to keep it in the house. You know, that was mom's rule and um, kept it in the garage, you know, and we'd observe it. And I was always just fascinated watching them eat, you know, so we'd catch the snakes and the frogs and, and feed the, the latter to the former and, and uh, just get a kick out of that watching. And then we'd really some come, you know, into summer. And as we got a little bit older, then kind of working on my mom a little bit, you know, and we got to start keeping some stuff in the house. And, mm-hmm. and uh, I think it was probably middle school when my dad got, got me a pair of corn snakes. That was, those were the first like captive type animals we had. Okay. And uh, kept those, you know, like through high school and went off to college and didn't take them with. And, and, uh, and then kind of the, the, where I got reconnected to exotics was, my then girlfriend, now wife, she was a psych major and got this tarantula as part of an experiment she was doing. Okay. Um, so runs the experiment, and then you know I ended up adopting it afterwards, and that would be like the Friday and Saturday night entertainment, you know, having a few beers and get the tarantula out and let it crawl around, that kind of thing. And um, <laughs> and what, uh, what kind and of tarantula to, was it? Um, so it was like your, I think it's pretty common, like a, a rose hair. Okay. All right. uh, Chilean rosehair, I think. Yeah, it's pretty like, pretty chill. You know, you could have it out without fear of getting bit. So. You're a big Goliath bird eater, and I was going to be like, you are insane. So, all right. But so, <laughs> camel spiders. Yeah. Like, oh, that. We do own, <laughs> yeah. No, we, funny enough, we, we actually do have a Goliath bird eater now. Oh. Um, but, yeah, so, like, after college, we got married, and we were living in Madison at the time, and mm. um. And we went to this show. I think it was probably the first show I ever went to, my wife and I and my dad. And, and I was just, I, we saw this beautiful, bright yellow and deep black, perfectly banded 50-50 jungle. And the thing just, you know, my jaw hit the floor. And I was just, oh, my God, what the heck is that? Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't know the guys at the time, didn't know anybody in the hobby or anything. Well, come to find out, it was, it was John Battaglia and Chris Behoff. Um, and that thing was sitting on their table. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So out here now in Colorado, it's kind of funny. I'll, I'll remind Chris of that story every once in a while. So it was that animal named Mythos. And I remember it vividly, you know, and I was just like, I got to have one of those things. And, um, so, um, John, you know, being a really nice guy, he has us over to his place, my wife and I, my dad, and, um, we pick out our, our first baby carpet, you know, a jungle, and um, got to meet Gamma and, and Holder and see some of his other stuff and and uh, move out to Colorado a year later or you know less than a year later he ships them out to us and uh, that's when I really started digging into carpets um, you know and you start doing your research on carpets and of course inland reptile pops up right well no no don't it do quickly this. spiraled out <laughs> yeah it spiraled out of control pretty quickly from there um, <laughs> yeah so. Uh, needless to say, you know, I've, I've been, I gotta be one of Nick's best customers over the last 10 years. And, um, and yeah, it's just grown, exploded quite a bit. So. All right. Uh, I think it might be a running between you and me. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I think probably the two of us have bought him those cars that he works on all the time. All those Corvettes, yeah, right. Buy <laughs> better ones. Like he's always got to repair the ones you, you guys buy him. I mean, I don't get it. So, um, but no, dude, that's that's killer. And uh, just looking through your, I mean, Eric was messaging me pictures of your tigers. Um, 
because he knows I'm a nut for tigers. And I mean, that is a hell of a group of animals. I mean, that's insane. So, and that's like, we're just like, just scratching the surface a little bit. So that's awesome. But what drew you to carpets? I mean, I know you, you kind of had the same, I mean, I, I want to say that on, like seven out of every 10 carpet guy, it was always the jungle that they saw across the room that right. And, but like, what, like what really turns you on to them really? What, what brought you to it? You know, it's, yeah, like you said, a lot of people, it's those black and yellow jungles. And, mm-hmm. uh, but then, you know, from there, when you start digging into it, you know, and into the, into the species and all the subspecies, and then within the subspecies, there's all these different morphs, and then you got localities, and then you got, I mean, there's so many different directions you can go. And, you know, a lot of us, I think, we're, we're collectors, you know, so you can't mm-hmm. just have, like, a couple of jungles because, well, what about those? those inlands, like those are just totally different and everybody's talking about them. Look at those cool arrowheads they have. And, and, uh, so I, I gotta say it's probably just the diversity, um, you know, just wanting to get in there and then you start working with these projects and they're cool and they're a perfect size, you know, they're manageable size, but they got enough personality to them to really keep you intrigued and sometimes on your toes and they perch and they're good displays. And, um, yeah, so from there I just, you know, started, kind of expanding out and add into the collection and got to add this subspecies and oh well well that's pretty cool there's actually granites within within that subspecies i'd like to work on that project and mm-hmm. just uh gotta have them all kind of mentality i guess you know <laughs> i like it's... you already <laughs> i mean well dude it it who do you walk into an ice cream parlor and be like i'll just stick with vanilla like i always have every time no you branch out every <laughs> once in a while and yeah every once in a while you're like well i shouldn't have done that flavor that sucks but you gotta try it it yeah no right. and that's i feel like that's carpet. Yeah. Like, with retics the only thing you're going to change is the paint job i'm sorry yeah. Garrett. um yeah that, that's yeah that, not you garrett everybody else but it's like that's it. Same thing with, you know, boas, you can, I think boas are the things you can get closest to where you can get into the different localities and species of like, you know, uh, red tail and stuff like that. But, and also morphs and stuff within that, but really nothing is kind of got you where you can kind of choose your own, <laughs> choose your own adventure. It's like carpet <laughs> pythons. So yeah. Do you have a favorite? Yeah. And I mean, there's uh favorite, you know, um, it's got to be up there, like between the jungles, probably in the in the Papuans. Um, those were I got the the second carpets I got right after the uh, that first jungle were were Papuans, and I picked up a male het granite from Will Leary back in the day, and um, they're just so you know they're they're a, in my experience a little more arboreal than some of the other subspecies, uh, stay a little bit smaller. Um, there hasn't, there aren't as many people that focus on them, you know, compared to like the, your jungles and maybe your coastals and whatnot. So I kind of mm-hmm. like that aspect to it. Maybe a little more uncommon, a little kind of untapped, so to speak. Um, sure. So I'd have to say either the pop ones or the jungles. Okay, cool. What's the, uh, yeah. what's the story with the, uh, the one at the top that looks like she's about to pop of your Facebook page? Yeah. So I snapped that one last night. She's um, going like into her ovulation. Um, that's a, a pretty like high percentage outcross blood pop one from Nick, um, 2014 animal okay. actually paired with my original male from Will. 
Um, he's 11 years old and he's still knocking everything up. I throw in with him. So, um, <laughs> don't you love it? The yeah. old grizzled males where it's like, all right. And I'm like, ah, cool. Like I don't need to work oh, it's, it's yeah. hard. Yeah. <laughs> Just an automatic. Well, that's what threw me kind of because last year I'd never, and I put that in this post from the other day, I'd never missed on pop wins. Um, Anytime I've tried for him, except for last year, and I tried him with two different females, this girl included, mm. and I don't know what happened. Um, they just, for whatever reason, didn't go. Well, uh, and then this year, you know, because I've heard you guys talk about it, and my experience has been pretty similar. They tend to go earlier than, than the other carpets. Yeah. Um, so I start pairing those guys usually in October, right? Like just as I'm right. starting to cool stuff down. And usually by Christmas, you know, and you're seeing some swelling or definitely seeing plenty of activity. Well, this year, nothing like a same process, weather hasn't been terribly different here this year. Um, hmm. So I just, I was like, man, I'm, gonna, I'm striking out two years in a row. I don't know what the heck's going on. This is like my bread and butter, like the easiest thing. I don't even have to think about it. I'm just going to get them. Um, but uh, then like just probably early to mid February, for whatever reason, I switched the mail tried him with this other female I was going to give the year off because um, I was focusing on this other female who had had last year off and um, immediately they start, but this wasn't until mid to early or early to mid February. So for whatever reason, they're like three months off from what I usually see. And it's been the same like every single year, the last six, seven years. So that is weird. You know, it's every time we're like, you're like, you're like, I got it down. They throw you a loop and you're like, I know nothing. Thank you. Thank you for humbling (laughs) me. Like, I don't. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yeah, pretty much. So, yeah, they're, um, I'm looking forward to that clutch. She threw this pairing. I I repeated, um, I had them a couple years ago and, uh, some really nice, Nice orangey, fiery sided animals. I hit a, a couple of granites the last pairing as well, and they both turned out really, really nice. So I'm nice. excited to see what comes out of them. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. It's so always, uh, this will be, actually, this will be the first year that I make just straight het granites that are outcrossed. I, as long as I've been doing it, I've never made like, like out, I mean, I've had, like double hets, like exanic granites, and I made crosses of granite stuff, but never just like straight granites, which is kind of like a sacrilege for an IJ mm. guy. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking I, about that. Like, I oh. have produced more granites than you have. And Easy with I I've produced. Maybe you sold. He's not here, and he can't stop me. So, right. also, he doesn't listen unless he's on, so it's fine. No, yes, man, I, your collection of pop wins, IJs, whatever the heck you want to call them is, is nuts, man. Kudos. Like there aren't a lot of people with a collection as deep as yours seems to be. And, uh, I admittedly I'm jealous there. There's, you got some <laughs> nice stuff, man. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same way. It's like, I saw that little niche of, uh, nobody working with it. And plus, you know, Owen hated them. So I figured well, yeah, a does. better way yeah, to make the show uh, fun. If just, uh, just Owen hates the snake, again. I love it. That's <laughs> the whole reason Eric got like so, uh, several racks worth of IJs. The secret is out, right. but it, no, it, you know, we, we've talked about this before. If I could breed them and I, you know, can't, and if I had no love for the coastals, I would definitely be because there's a lot of different options and ways you can play it. And, Wild caught jeans is something that in Morelia is something that you should always, 
I mean, don't take that shit for granted because if that ever gets turned off, I mean, that would really suck for IJ uh, projects. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's what that's what sure. saved the granite. I mean, the morph was fucked and then we just bred it to wild ones and now it's OK again. So yeah. it's like that's where it goes. What's yep. uh, what made you go? I mean, you have such a diverse collection of stuff like, I mean, just, you know, I'm just looking at you. I mean, you're working with short tails, you're working with royal pythons, you're working with Halma Harris grubs, you're working with, um, you know, basically all types of short tails as I, you know, as I scroll through and like, uh, then you got some colubrids some chondros. I mean, quite, quite a diverse collection. Is that, I mean, I guess you're saying about being a collector type of deal. Um, is that, does that fit suit with, uh, with what you're doing? Yeah. I'd say maybe collector slash ADD and, or, you know, some kind of combination <laughs> of that. Right. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, the same kind of thing like with the carpets, right? And you got all your all your different subspecies and then the projects within the subspecies. And I'm, a, you know, a purist, so to speak. I just kind of like, uh, I don't like mixing a whole lot of stuff. There's just so much stuff out there. I like kind of focusing on projects within kind of the way things are already classified, established, mm-hmm. whatnot. So, sure. Um, yeah, like once I, you know, started adding the carpets, I was like, you know, they're, they're really cool. I like their size. They're kind of perfect, but I'd like to get something a little bigger too, you know? And, mm-hmm. and then I was like, you know, these are, these are kind of cool too, but I kind of like work with something a little bit totally different, you know, that maybe um, needs a very different, um, you know, triggers as far as, you know, be able to produce and meet all their needs. So that's when I started really diversifying probably the last five years, I really ramped it up and started kind of adding other species. And they're, they're mostly like besides the carpets, the bloods, the Sumatrans, the balls, they're all, um, kind of small groups of projects, but really, really focused projects. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It just keeps me going, keeps me interested. I love the diversity and then, you know, the different requirements they have and just observing them and, and kind of figuring out what makes them, what makes them tick and, and thrive, you know? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So, I guess, <clears throat> I mean, are you? Do you have like a, a, a designated snake room, or what? Do you, what's what's like your setup? Yeah, so it's like it's um it's our basement. So I've, I've basically taken over. My my wife, I should uh, <laughs> I should thank her now. Um, right. She ever listens to this? Yeah, she's, she's very uh, tolerant um, and uh, in, unselfish. So yeah, it's our whole basement basically at this point. You know, I got about a. I don't know, 700 square foot walkout basin with one wall of windows. So they get a lot of um, exposure to, to the seasons, um, a lot of natural light, you know, coming in. So those light cycles, I don't really have to mess with those at all. Um, mm-hmm. Just got a whole bunch of windows. And, and then when you have that many windows, naturally you got a lot more, you know, they're feeling that temperature pretty good too, um, sure. depending on where they're set up in the room. So um, yeah, so that, that's what I'm working for right now, the basement. And then I got a, a chunk of um, unfinished basement in the back that that I use like to kind of move stuff in and out for um, some of the the colder weather, colder winter species, and then the colubrids. So, oh, okay, yeah, because you have um, yeah. <clears throat> you have bread lie too, inlands, olives. Yep. At this yeah, point, is the list yep. shorter if we ask you what you don't have? I mean, <laughs> it might be. <laughs> I mean, dear God. Yeah, like cool. we obviously. Morelia, you know, that's in the name. That's that's my bread and butter, you know. So I I like to work with as much Morelia as possible. Um, it, it's just that genus is just so 
interesting to me. So yeah, a lot of carpets, the brettles. Um, I got a handful of green trees and then some other stuff that um, I guess used to be Morelia. Needs to move in and out, but closely related. So, right. um, but yeah, the next biggest group besides the carpets would be the bloods and Sumatrans. So I don't, I don't work with any Borneos, but I have built a pretty, pretty decent collection of bloods and uh, Sumatran short tail pythons. So really dig them too. Okay. Yeah. Jesus. Do you have, um, are you, are you working with the caramel albino too? Is that, I see that right with the, uh, the Sumatrans? Yeah. Yeah. The orange head. Nice. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. How, how no, like I got a nice, you know, the, the Sumatrans are, are they're, they're up there, man. I, they're so chill. Um, my favorite's gotta be probably the, like the black, just blackout animals. Yeah. Um, we got a nice size group of the blacks, but I like the chromes too. Mm. And then of course, you know, you can't work with those and not the orange head. So yeah, I got some of those too. Some of which are, uh, the caramel albinos or, or hats too. So Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, they're they're fun. They're they're really easy to care for kind of pet. Um, I think you know they're they're pretty chill. Even as babies, in my experience, I don't have a huge sample size to speak from, but um, in my experience, you know, with my group of I don't know thirty or forty or so, um, they're chill. Like they sometimes the bloods, you know, they'll they'll start out kind of like your carpets and a little snappy and defensive and whatnot, and then they most of them grow out of it. But the Sumatrans, in my experience haven't been like that they're just kind of chill from the gate so hmm. very cool especially when they have those i saw the one they got the orange eyes with the jet black it's like wow yeah <laughs> i dig that that's oh cool. yeah oh that's hard to beat yeah and i mean some of those some of those blacks out there you know i picked up some stuff from lon i know you guys yep, have had him yep, on before yep. um kara i know you've had her on before um yeah they're it's just, it's neat. Cause I mean, they're really dark, you know, to start, but then to watch that pattern, just black out, you know, if you got really nice stuff as they, you know, hit like three, four five years old. Mm-hmm. Um, when I have people over, I sometimes forget, you know, and then you, you maybe have somebody over that isn't into that stuff right. and they just see this, this 10 pound, you know, thick as your calf <laughs> short tail. It's right. just blacked out and they're just, they take a step back and I'm like, right. Oh no, this guy's actually like here, you know, I'll hand him to you. He's, he's totally chill. So right. Right. yeah, just kind of intimidating. Blackout you know, snakes for people are who awesome. are used to them. Yeah. Which is yeah. why we can go back and say that I was hideously devastated when uh spray painted carpet pythons turned out to not be an inheritable trait. So <laughs> Well, they could be. I mean, you know, you just need I mean, you just got a lot of paint, buddy. <laughs> you, know. you know, it's you have to do it every time it sheds. No, thank you. Mm. So, yeah, no. But do do you guys work with any like uh, real black stuff of any of any species? Uh, IJs, <laughs> white lips, white lips. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, white lips and. I have my uh, Eastern Black Kings now, and I think that's it. I think it's just the white lips in them. Everybody else has got color. Okay. <laughs> I worked okay. with the Sumatrans for a while, but I mean, yeah. maybe you can talk about this. I had I, my struggle with this is that I and you know I've talked to Rob about this for a while, and you know, and I have like you know, gosh, I I have guys like Keith McPeak and. You know Matt Minatola and uh, you know on that that I that we've hung out and talked and picked their brain, but I just can't seem to be able to keep carpets and bloods 
and Sumatrans and Borneos together. I don't know why. It, it just it just doesn't work in my setup because I guess they they don't like um, they're not as forgiving. I guess with the temps, has that been your experience? I mean, like if you, it's kind of like with chondros. It seems to be the same way. It's like when they're dialed in, they're great. Yeah. But if you don't have them dialed in, you got a whole lot of trouble. They're going to suffer you. Yeah. What's your thought? What did What did you experience? Like, what were What were your hurdles you're trying to clear? I guess specifically, uh, like, was it Was it our eyes? Was it or what was it? No, I never had our eyes. Um, I just had like picky feeders, um, and then you know I, I thought that they weren't warm enough. Um, you know, it seemed okay. like uh, you know, and then 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 I would change that, but. It was, you know, I was trying to keep them ambient. Um, mm-hmm. It's what I was going with. I don't know if it was just that okay. I had them in my room. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm not blaming them. It's clearly my fault. But I don't know. For whatever reason, I just had a hard time. As far as chondros go, I don't know. They always died. <laughs> yeah. Like no matter what I did, oh, they man. would just, they would just. Yeah, Eric and I had the same problems with chondros. It'd be riding great, and then you turn around and. Turn back around. You're like, it's dead. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, mean, I, so. I got this Aru from Bill, and it was perfect. I mean, perfect in every way. And, you know, I, I had it. And I think where I screwed up, and maybe this was maybe the part of the problem that I had with short tails, is that, like, like I guess my routine of when I would change water and, you know, that kind of thing was, um, I mm-hmm. think, I found with green trees. And I guess so with Sumatrans, but I don't know if they're as delicate. But... I had to do that a lot more, and um, okay. I've learned I've learned that lesson with ring pythons and white lips are kind of the same way. Like you can't you can't skip the the you know what I mean. Like you have to have fresh water all the time. And I'm not saying like everybody's gonna think that I just like don't go change yeah. the water and it's like two weeks and I'm like oh well you know no I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that like mm-hmm. as far as carpets go, I sort of had my like. I guess my schedule of how I did things. And I think with mm-hmm. those two, it had to be, I had to change that a little bit more. And I, I mm-hmm. one day I'll give it a go again and see what happens, but I don't know. Um, yeah. I guess in my experience, I, um, what, what I shoot for and what I've been pretty steady at since I started keeping them is, you know, like a warm end, about 83. Right. Uh, they're cool end room temp in the room, which will be, you know, in the summertime, that could be anywhere between 72 and 80. Um, in the wintertime, that'll be, you know, right around 70, 72. Um, and I noticed those guys, and I've been kind of wondering about the, the one female Sumatran I'm trying this year. She doesn't spend a whole heck of a lot of time in the back of the tub, which is where her uh, heat panel is. Uh-huh. She um, she'll spend quite a bit of time in the middle or in the front. So like whenever I temp gun her, just out of curiosity, I've been doing that a lot more this year, just since I've had her paired up. She's usually temping, you know, these surface um, like 77, 76, somewhere in there. Oh. She doesn't spend a whole lot of time, and she's on the bottom level. So I mean, she's the warm end in hers is maybe only like 81, 82 when okay. it's on. So. Um, and then as far as the, I do like a pretty simple setup for all those guys that are just newspaper, um, got a couple extra layers in there from to get under and then a water bowl. So I don't got to mess with hides or anything like that. Um, the water, I just do once a week, um, midweek, I'll go in there and splash some, you know, fresh cold water in there. Um, switch it out a new bowl once a week. 
And okay. that seems to be working for them pretty well. The only problem I have out here in Colorado is it's really dry. Mm. So I, I fight with it all year long. Well, mostly in the, in the colder months. But the problem is, like, with the room I have, there's so many windows. I try to keep the humidity up as much as I can. Well, then naturally you're going to get a lot of condensation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't have real high humidity levels. So what I've noticed in some of my bloods and Sumatrans is their eyes dimple. It looks mm-hmm. almost like a stuck eye cap but it's not right. Um, that'll pop out usually like in the summer months when I can get humidity back up to, you know, 60, 65 pretty regularly, but they, uh, doesn't seem to bother them other than that. They may not look perfect as far as their eyes, but I've never had an RI. Um, I don't hear any wheezing or heavy breathing or any of that. Um, that's what's been working for me. So, and you're getting clutches, right? I mean, um, no, it's, I, I can't say that. So, like, wow. <laughs> um, I've been keeping them for a while, but I, I slow grow a lot of my stuff. So I've only had one clutch of blood. My first one was last year. Right. Um, I got two females this year that are past their pre-ovulation shed, okay. uh, post-ovulation shed. And then um, one or two other pairings that might go. I'm still, like you guys are saying, kind of hoping and praying stage, you know. We'll see over the next month or two what happens. So. Right. You hope and pray. I just yeah. yell. I just go downstairs and start screaming, somebody lay eggs. But, you know, it doesn't work in to each his own. But, you know, it, it's cool to yeah. think about it. And, I mean, Eric, have you ever thought about setting up a rack full of, like, if you were to do Bloods and Borneos again, setting them up in your diamond room? I don't know. I think that was the problem. I think I kept them too hot. I think that's mm-hmm. – because just hearing your temperatures, like, my rooms never would go. Like, it's pretty much 80 is the lowest it goes. I mean, it would go down into the 70s at night, maybe 77. That's in my main room, but obviously mm-hmm. in my diamond room, it's a lot colder. You know, It probably would be easier because the ambient would be lower, and then, you know, I could just compensate with a hot spot. Yeah. So, that, you know, they had more of a temp swing, I guess. And and I have seen those creases on the eye caps in white lips if they get too dry as well, and um, it's weird that you mentioned that because I hadn't been thinking about it. But that is something I've seen, and it's annoying because you're like, "What's wrong with your eye?" Like for a while. I know. <laughs> and yeah. Yeah. So. You're checking every shed. You're like, "Man, mm-hmm. is there one stuck on there?" Because because those things are so much compact muscles. So like if you try to restrain them to get off a little piece of shed or whatever. Um, they, they, they're not it's usually going to cooperate for very long, you know? No. <laughs> so. I just, my, my, um, is it my 11 foot retic peeled like yesterday, but just her head. So I soaked her and then I'm trying to like help her. I, it was, it, I'm rolling on the ground. Like it was a fight. And I'm like, this is why I chose carpets. They're so much easier. It's like, you know, yeah. five foot, six foot. Yeah. Shut up. But no, it, mm. So I can't even imagine yeah. the blood that like they throw their bodies and they can puff out their ribs and stuff. That's got to be super fun. Yeah, it's like you said, like the soaking. That's what I usually go for. But sometimes, especially like this time of year, like these pre-ovulation sheds, um, they're, they're not fun to try to assist off, you know. It's all soaking, but sometimes that won't even work. Because, I mean, the relative humidity out here this time of year outside, you know, that might be 10 20%. Um, you know, and do your best you can, but when overnight lows are still dropping down to 20 and 30, you don't want to have mold problems. So I can only keep the humidity in the room. You know, I can, I can fight it a little bit, but you can't overcompensate or I'm going to be dealing with other problems. So, right. Yeah. I had yeah, to so, But yeah, they'll do that thing. Like they'll flex, like you said, and they'll almost like a gator roll, you know, and they'll yeah. kind of flex and roll and yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
But um, <laughs> it doesn't seem to bother me. Just like you said, it's just it's not fun to look at. They don't look perfect, which I'd like them to look like. And but it never seems to cause any other issues besides that, in my experience. So. Yep. What do you keep them in, like big boa tubs, or what is a? Um. So all the adults are in uh, like one of those ARS. Uh, like an 85, 14, right. Um, like the, the taller tubs with the windows. Yep. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't have any that are too big for those. And then kind of going down from there for the juveniles and the the younger ones. So, okay. So you're using ARS exclusively or do you use a mix or what? No, it's, it's, uh, that's another thing I'm not particularly happy with but i'll deal with like it's a bit of a hodgepodge at this point just kind of you know you get yourself when you're starting out i got a lot of bowl file stuff like for my carpets and i started like a lot of my young carpets in bowl file racks so i got a lot of bowl file stuff but then i got a bunch of ars stuff because i really like the way that that looks and works um Mm -hmm. and then that's like some animal plastics for some other stuff um so it's it's a bit of a mix and match, black and white and racks and cages and this and that, you know. Oh my god. Oh my oh my god. Uh, like no. <laughs> hey man, you know, I I still am like that. Like it's you know, I have vision and I you know, I have a couple from sea serpents and some Give that, animal plastics. Yeah. That what's that melamine rack up in and the I front have of your melamine thing? rack that I that I made, you know. I haven't retired that yet. Yeah. It do ever, I don't know. It's like whatever works. Who yeah. cares? Yeah. yeah. It's like, do you want to reinvest like 30 grand and so everything matches? Like, no, I can no. probably <laughs> buy some more snakes instead, you know? Right, right. You have any more snakes I could purchase that? Like, no, come on. No. I have to ask. Yeah, I don't right? deal with it. As I'm mm. sort of like, uh, you know, peeking at your Facebook, there's a, there's a blood there and it has like this perfect, well, almost perfect stripe going down the back except for one little spot right before like you know as it gets to like maybe the the last third of the body there's a little break but uh mm-hmm. like really no pattern too much on the sides what's what's the you know the one mm-hmm. i'm talking about i think so yeah she's one of the two that's um post ovulation shed right now she's a, a martyr line genetic stripe animal wow um Jeez. paired with the same yeah she's got a really uh there's a better picture of her a few months back i think that was an indoor picture but she's got a really deep burgundy red and like a big fat stripe and yeah like you said next to no pattern on the sides and she's still really clean the male um same line the line pairing um he's got a really similar pattern but he's got these pixelated sides not quite as deep a red but if you didn't know any better think swear he was matrix but um oh, so yeah, anyway yeah she's yeah 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 they're that was kind of a funny story so um those two animals i saw i forgot i think on some classified site mm-hmm. and some dude posted them up and and he didn't want to ship them but he was mm-hmm. out in missouri and and the price he was asking for these and, and they were taking at night too so the flashes on so they just look like neon i was like even with no flash i was like those animals still got to be insane you know and um so I got some other pictures from him, and and he's like, yeah, they're martyrline animals. So I contacted Kevin Martyr and confirmed there from him, and and I was like, you know, I, I really wanted to get some stuff from Kevin. I want to buy him secondhand because I know Kevin wasn't really happy with that. I was like, yeah. but I'm not going to pass him up for this price either. So um, 
Yeah, I drove out to Missouri and picked them up and brought them back and, you know, like his yearlings. And, um, man, they're, they are awesome. Um, so anyway, she's, I think, probably a couple few weeks out from laying her clutch. And I'm really looking forward to nice. seeing what will be in there. So, yeah. That will be a killer pairing for yeah. sure. For the bloods, I mean, there, there's so many. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. No, it's all you. I was going to say, yeah, like with the bloods, I mean, there's so many cool morphs. But for my money... Like a, mm-hmm. a deep red, quote unquote normal, mm-hmm. um, you, you can't beat it. They're they're really nice. That's probably my favorite project within the Bloods. And then, you know, right up there has got to be those. Uh, not necessarily a morph, just the line bred. You know, genetic stripe. But they're right up there too. So. Yeah, yeah. There's something about that. Like for me, I like that. Like no pattern on the side. You know, just that stripe. Well, I'm a sucker for stripes. So. You know that's always my problem, mm-hmm. but that's a that's a that's right. a beautiful snake. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah, she's killer. They're um really looking forward to that clutch. So, do you see? I you know I keep I'm just like flipping through all the pictures and stuff. I noticed the one that's around the uh, the water bowl. Do you do you guys see that a lot with your pythons wrapping the water bowl as the you know like ball pythons are notorious yes. for doing that, right? I never well, see that. Well, let me put it this way. There's some that will, and there's some that won't. Like, every female has her own thing that kind of shows you she's gravid. The one will never bask belly up. The one always does it. The one wraps the water bowl. The one will be on top of the hide. The other one hides underneath. Like, it, it, it's to each so, their own, but I have seen it. So is it more of a, like, when they're building follicles that they're wrapping the water bowl, or is it when they're gravid? What's, what do you... I think it's when they're gravid. I what, think so. What's your experience, Roy? Yeah, I'd have to side with with Eric on that one. I I don't see it ever like with carpets. Um, mm-hmm. I guess with the balls really either, but I don't. They don't have giant water bowls either. But yeah, with the bloods, that that female, that matrix, um, did it. The genetic stripe martyrline animal did it. Not for very long, but uh, from what I understand, that's you know trying to get as cool as they can, like prior to ovulating, as they're building those follicles. Right. And then that, that ceramic water bowl, you know, is going to stay probably the coolest of anything else in that tub. So, right. It's just so interesting yeah. watching those observations. You know, you were talking about having the, the, uh, the, the big windows in, in your snake room. Have you noticed any kind of behaviors uh, out of, you know, I don't know, any kind of observations that you've seen because of that with them? Um, with any species that you were not with the Yeah, you know, with the... Uh, I think there's um, this one animal I have pretty close to the window. Um, and I, but from what I understand, they all do this anyway. She got pretty dark, you know, like over the, the, the winter months, because I mean, close to that window, the room ambient is probably 70, 72. But by that window, if you temp on the floor by the window, even though, you know, I got carpet in here, it's still 60. Um, I had one animal get pretty dark. who kind of sits right on that window over the winter months. But like I said, I think that's common with that species. So I don't know if that's unique or not. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. What the hell are you yeah. hammering over there, Owen? Nothing. I'm not doing anything. <laughs> it sounds like the little bird that like, I dude, there. I told you this thing is just like, <laughs> first off, I'm not working on the normal computer because dad took it. Uh, so there's going to be some weird noises. <laughs> I thought he was wandering around Birdsboro <laughs> with the computer. <laughs> I know it's fine. It's random. Uh, let's switch back to carpets for a minute, man. Cause I got to say like the, uh, 
some of those jungles you have with the tipping, holy hell, man. Uh, that's, that's like going back to Andrew Hare days and stuff, man. Some of the some of the stuff you were. There were always the two Holy schools shit. of tipping and non-tipping. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I know you of, have yeah, animals that, that are like banded and beautiful, but man, you got some really. I don't, maybe it's the same animal. I don't know. Are you working with a with a tipped out jungle project? Is that something that you're working with? Working for? Yeah, a couple. Yeah, yeah, for sure, both. Yeah, so a um, couple different projects within the jungles. One is that that tipped out crazy pattern, just chaos you know like almost like a a diamond jungle i mean if you wouldn't know any better it's a diamond jungle and for all i don't know i can't track it back back to australia it may very well have some diamond in there um for the best of my knowledge it doesn't but um yeah that is one project i'm working towards i haven't produced any of that stuff yet right. um and then the, the other projects i have are jungles or like what drew me in initially with that that animal that i saw chris is you know way back when that perfect classic black and yellow banded 50 50 clean pattern i know it's classic i know everybody's got it i know it's been maybe overdone and can't be improved upon but like i still um that's what drew me in so it's i don't know there's there's always that there for me and i've, I've yet mm-hmm. to produce anything that nice so i'm still working towards that so right. um but for whatever luck reason i've had just terrible luck with jungles i've i've probably added more jungles to my collection than any other species subspecies and i've i've produced one clutch of two eggs um oh, and no. just yeah i've just had like lots of random deaths and problems and um hopefully it's turning around i've kind of restocked over the last few years and really added some nice stuff and, and everything's coming along really well so i'm hoping to hoping to change that trend but for whatever reason yeah i just had terrible luck so so are you a guy that goes more for the line the look um you know, are you, you know, strictly pure where you, you know, that kind of thing? Well, I guess what you're saying with the tipped out one, no, but like, what's your, uh, what's your approach when it comes to jungle? So it's, it's kind of like a mixed bag. Um, if I had the space, I would have every locality of jungle. I love the mm-hmm. Jalatins, the Tullys. I had, I had a pair of Tullys for, for quite a while and, um, just never had any luck with them. And eventually, you got to start weighing space options and priorities and i decided to move them along but found them a really good home with someone who's really focused on locality stuff and nice um but if i had the space uh man it, it'd be all of it like the localities right the the bandits the the crazy the whacked out tipped out patterns um you know and everything in between but yeah as far as purity like um, I, I would never knowingly buy anything that it does have mixed blood, you know, as best as we can all tell. Um, and there's I mean, only so many people that can really trace their stuff back that far, but there are very few people I, I buy from and, and, and try to, you know, put together the best groups I can from people who, who know their stuff and can trace it back, you know, a decent amount. So, right. Yeah. So as like I said, I think it's a combination of like collector slash ADD. Like I, you know, it's, it's tough to kind of focus like, on just one thing and just build right. that out because then i you know see something else it's like oh man i kind of like to work on that too you know so right that's cool um yeah. so it seems like you got those guys set up in what are they in cages like your typical four foot two foot type of thing and uh or do you do you do a mix of both them racks and cages or what's your what's your what's your approach with carpets yeah so pretty much, uh, yeah, I do uh, boa file cages, display cages for my adult carpets. 
Um, but I'm going to be like kind of switching that up in the near future. I love them, man. I've, they're, they're fantastic. Yeah. They're, I got the three footers and the four footers. They're all the, the taller ones, you know, like a foot and uh, like 17, 18 inches. Right. And, um, all black, um, all those upgrades. The only thing I, I probably wouldn't do in hindsight would be the fluorescence. I kind of wish I hadn't spent $40 a pop on, on that times 30 cages, but, um, yeah. cause now I want LEDs in there and I don't even use them, but, um, but other than that, they're, they're super durable. They're light. Um, I've yet to have a problem with them. And, um, and then I kind of tweak them, you know, and kind of built some perches in there for them. And, and, but I'm going to be moving, I think, uh, a lot of my males, which I keep smaller, um, to those ARS 8514. So I'm in the process of kind of building some perches, you know, for them to have in those, in those racks. So, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. cool though. I mean, I, and I, I was sitting there, I think I had fluorescence in with my like roughies and they actually gave off a good amount of heat too. And I'm like, now, now you're fucking with everything going on in there. So, um, yep. I, I, I kind of feel like I need to get more into the led things and, uh, try to get that moving this summer. So I've been trying to research how I'm going to do that. So once again, the whole summer will be taken up by another goddamn snake project. So, <laughs> Yeah, I'm right there with you, man. Okay, I'm doing yeah. the same thing. Yeah, but yeah, because I have LEDs in some of some of the the newer cages I got for some other stuff that's that's growing out, yeah. and just like those strips, you'll see them kind of yeah. people will mount them like around mirrors and whatnot, and mm-hmm. and they're fantastic. You know, through no heat, it's a much better light. Because I mean, the fluorescent, you know, you don't get to really see the true color of the animal if you're down there showing them off at night or anything. It's just that got that yellow hue to everything, and um. Yeah. yeah, hindsight 2020, right? Always, and I think it's like you need like only a couple like bright white LEDs, and then you're done. That's it. Like you don't have to go nuts and run it around the whole top of the cage. It's just one little strip, and that's plenty. So, yep, I think uh, this summer we're trying to. I'm going to try to put all the um, cages and stacks onto casters and carts, so I can wheel them around, and then I'll start running the LEDs. So it's all one unit and. That'll, I'll probably go insane um, in trying to figure that one out, but that's future own problems. So, I think it'll be worth it though. I mean, oh, yeah, because I switched out all our ceiling lights for LEDs, and it just the animal's color like when you take out a brettles or like an inland, their color Mm. just pops like compared to what I used to have, you know, and just incandescence. So, yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely worth it, and it lasts so long too. So, it's also got to be better for like cleaning and stuff like that you're like oh i can actually see everything in here and then you scrub because you can see everything and stuff like that so i, I don't know it's yep that too. It's a lot of appeal yeah yeah for sure i'm going to take a shot in the dark and say you have a, a, a you're a stripe fan as well um would i be correct in, in thinking that <laughs> like yeah stripe, that's not going snakes, too or... far out on a limb genius yeah, home yeah, sure. is that it what give it away, Eric? Like, <laughs> right. I'm gonna switch gear. I mean, oh. some of the tiger stuff that you know. Well, I sent Owen a whole bunch of it. So yeah, I want them all. Like, I want them all. If what? you somehow get some sort of brain injury and decide that you want to sell all your tigers, I better be your first call. Well, you just so. had a clutch, right? <laughs> Didn't you have a clutch of tigers? Yeah, so that's that's one of the two clutches I have in the incubator right now. It's um, it's a tiger to tiger, uh, a red male to that female who I think I have a couple pictures of. So yeah, they 
that was a pairing I um, I did for the first time two years ago, and just fantastic results. I mean, every single baby had, and they're pure Balin line, right? So like, props to Jason Balin. I I'm not going to take any credit. He produced, you know, my all my tigers, and they were just fantastic, rock solid. And, um, but every one of the babies from that clutch from a couple years ago had yeah. that perfect, unbroken, fat stripe, you know, neck the tip of the tail, um, all just you know, shot, you know, from the gate, you know, start wolfing down meals and they're just fantastic. So what I'm working for there is, is kind of what I've seen Jason working towards and he's already achieved, you know, some of those perfect tigers, but not only with that, that excellent dorsal, but that second, third, yeah. fourth level lateral striping that's mm-hmm. also perfect. Oh mm-hmm. man. Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely what, sucker for that stuff. Well, then that's the killer. Like you got to think about it when tigers first came out, like, I mean, You've seen the pictures of the original Tigers and stuff like that. It's like, you know, people are like, oh, my God. And then they started getting better and better and better. And people are like, they never thought it could be improved upon. But, like, Jason was always like, I want to get that stripe better. And I want to get that stripe better. And now, like, he was the only mm-hmm. guy that was really picky about the lateral stripes after the the back stripe was secured. So, I right. mean – Eventually, you're just going to get it fully striped on all sides, and those are killer animals. I mean, there's something about a striped carpet python, like completely striped as an adult. It's just so much cooler. So, um, but those are good looking animals too. Um, so that's nuts. Are you yeah. going to like? You said you had a tiger. You had. Um, uh, you said you had reds and original line. Are you kind of trying to see what you want to dip into other stuff too, or are you just going to keep those? <laughs> You know, um, the, the reds and, and kind of some of the other stuff I have coming up, um, uh, what I love most about the Tigers, I think, are mm-hmm. like you see some of those like or, or original colors that are like your khakis and your browns and beiges and all those yeah. kind of views. But they have the really pretty black stripe outline to where, you know, like the dorsal separated from the second, third, and fourth level fourth level laterals. Mm-hmm. Um, that, love, that look I love because it's just like, contrast 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 back and forth like all the way down you know in perfect striping they got yeah. like those black um you know kind of like makeup outlines so that, that's what i really like and would like to reproduce and but i've also been trying to build more of a group of the non-red tigers because you don't see as many of those that are don't have that outline it's just like you go from your dorsal to you know that that next lateral down and it's just like mm-hmm. solid black Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to add some more of those to my group too. So, yeah, I mean, it it definitely is one of those things where, um, there's again, even if you wanted to sit there and just build an entire collection out of tigers, you probably could, if you wanted to go different colors and different strains and different whatever the hell's with you know reds and the khaki and then the like the bone white mm-hmm. color and then if you wanted to get into morphs, mm-hmm. you could literally have every coastal morph in tiger and like, why not? So, um, that is really cool, but yeah. And I think the next thing I might do with them, you know, is throw them to a Brisbane, you know, and switch it up. And my God, what the hell is happening here? (laughs) I'm just kidding, man. I would never do that. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Get this man off my show. (laughs) I was going to say, yeah, man. All right. Let's see what happens. Come on. No, no, I'm just kidding. That's, Uh. That's borderline against my religion. I I don't know. It just wouldn't feel quite right. But like, uh, I have you, too much appreciation for them by themselves. But oh, you put yeah, them they, in the bin and you walk away and you'd be like, "What have I done?" You go back and pull them apart. <laughs> like, it's, um, I thought. Did we? Didn't we agree that like 
did we say it was Brisbane's or did we say that Rockhampton's would be the ones that if you wanted to inject coastal blood into something that was pure non like straight up just like for outcrossing? Well, I don't know. For me, if I was going to do it, I would probably stick with the Rockhamptons because they're more northern coastals. I mean, yeah. if that even is a thing, I don't know. It's probably just my personal bias, I guess, if you will. Only Port I, Douglas. You know. All Port Douglas must be used for outcrossing. No, there we Rockhamptons. <laughs> okay. I would not use Port Douglas because to me, Port Douglas resemble more of a jungle, in my opinion. The coast the creek? What is, what is the crazy one that I want to that I should start call, calling the Russian Red Tigers? Oh, what locality are they? Yeah, um, Yakapuri Depot. That see, I don't know why I can't remember that. It so it rolls right off the tongue. It does the yeah, Yakapuri right. Depot. Yakapuri Depot. Yeah. So you're working with and, uh, uh, what's that? Oh, I was going to ask you, Eric, because um, exchange messages with um, uh, what's his name, Billy. Uh, the other year ago, and, and from what from what I remember from that message exchange, he told me him and you are some of the only guys to be working with like true the Patterson line tigers. Oh, yeah. Is that right? Peterson stripes. Yeah, Peterson. Yeah. Peterson. Oh yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, and they they had a really I really like that look too because I mean they got that big fat dorsal, but then they got a lot of peppering. At least his did, you know, in that that dorsal. Yeah, that seems to be. Uh... Seems to be a trait that sort of carries. Well, I mean, we got what, like a couple animals, <laughs> like we got two pairs or something. No, I don't know what well, he. Had. I know he bred them, but um, yeah. But the problem is, yeah. all the Peterson stuff was was people just sort of kept crossing the tigers, and from now, like you don't, for all you know, any tiger you see that has like a little bit of peppering on the dorsal stripe might have Peterson blood in it. Just nobody kept track. I've only seen that in Balin's. 07 red tigers i've seen that he and actually i've talked to him about that he says that that was something that he was trying to go after and i noticed that that came out in my mm. host i bred them what last year yeah i got the clutch of them um red tigers and i noticed that peppering came out as well which is pretty cool mm. i like that a lot okay. and you know the russian red tigers um or russian tigers or yakapuri depot or whatever the hell you want to call them uh that line is uh you know, I actually got that to outcross those because they sort of had the peppering as well. Now, Owens are super clean, uh-huh. but, but my female has that, that peppering, and that's kind of why I picked her. Because well, I have the um, I was going for. I have the one male that's got a lot of peppering because I, I, have, I have siblings from the same clutch, and it was uh, produced by my buddy Kyle. Uh-huh. And I think, he, I think his animal had Peterson in it. It's just the male yeah. has peppering in him, but then the female... Well, I, I use air quotes around female because she didn't like any of my males this year. So someone's going to get a probe. Um, it's she's <laughs> super clean on all sides. So it, it, it can vary in clutches like that. And that's what happens when you kind of bury certain stripe lines in because God only knows that where all the Caponetto striped stuff went, it ended up. They all got bred to tigers and things like that. So well, they who knows? Citrus tigers. <laughs> Dear God. <laughs> um, so, what's your are your Brisbane's at the size of age of breeding? Are you trying to breed them anytime soon, or what's your where you're at with that project? That's probably my most anticipated Morelia project this year. Mm, is I, I tried it the last year or two, but struck out. 
I, I figured out, or at least I think I figured out what wasn't going right, switched it up this year, and immediately, you know, um, when, when I tried him for the first time, I think it was probably the first two hours I had the mail in there during warm-up, he was locked up. So, right, so what's, your, uh, um, what's, what's your secret? It's no, I mean, it's not a secret. Probably you guys probably already knew. I just didn't know and wish I'd have known the last couple of years because I <laughs> wasted the last couple of years not, not doing it right. I mean, right. it was just, um, I, I didn't get them cold enough, I think, you know, and um, I kept them in the main room and even like turning the heat all the way off, it, it just wasn't enough. So this year, it was a lot of, a lot of busy work because I don't have like a, a room that gets cold enough. Um, so I, I had to shuffle them, you know, back and forth quite a bit. So, put them in the tubs, you know, every night they would go to the back part of the basement right on the cement. Uh, I could get them down that way to about 60, 62. Um, and then every morning they'd go back and actually kind of put them in my blood rack for the winter. Cause then I could warm them back up to about 80, 82, uh-huh. um, you know, enough, but not as much as they were used to. And, you know, did that for a couple of months and, um, during the warmup, um, there's still a long ways to go and I haven't, you know, seen any signs that she's taken, right. but there's sure been a lot of activity, which I hadn't seen the last two years. So fingers crossed. So your, your approach is to, to look at them as more of a, a springtime breeder then, right? Is that, is that how you're going with them? Yeah. Like the warm up? Yeah. Like those Southern species, right? Yeah. I got to get them cooler. I don't need to warm up quite as much. And then, yeah, they, I didn't pair them during the winter just cause, um, be honest it wasn't really convenient uh, i was just hoping that it would be i wouldn't miss my window and i just hopefully hit them on the on the warm-up right. um so we'll see i guess i'm about to find out in the next couple of few months so that's mm. awesome man that's a cool project yeah sure. yeah those those that's that's got to be one of my favorite locality projects it's just i mean it's not everybody's um cup of tea you know your brown and black snakes but for me there's so much going on and, and you you kind of you know once you've looked at a lot of the other stuff, you know, I, I've always, after talking to Nick, you know, over the years, he's kind of spread his, his interest in, in the locality, you know, and the more uncommon, common type looking stuff. Right. Um, for whatever reason that it just does it for me. There's, they have like so much going on between the Browns and the blacks and the tans and, and the, their pattern, the color seems to change a little bit, you know, throughout the year, uh, where they really lighten up and their heads are just kind of, seem to be bigger and flatter and just have kind of a, like a, a shatter type pattern to it. Um, yeah. 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 It's really, big, really drawn to them. Flat head. Yeah, man. They're, yeah. They're, that's a cool project. I can't believe that that is like not something that everybody's like after. And they're not that expensive either. It's not like they're no, an expensive locality or something. Because right. you can't, because you can't go nuts with it, and you can't breed it yes, to. You can, man, there's so many. Different, I know you. I, mean, I, I find them super can. variable. I mean, like Dude. when I'm looking at oh, Nick's yeah. page, and I'm just going through, I'm like, wait a minute, is this the same clutch? Wait, it is the same clutch. What the hell? I know my female looks nothing like my male, and you could go two different directions if you wanted to, but yeah, um, it's it, it, it's just that some people don't want to. They want the quick, easy fix, and what's quicker and easier black and yellow jungles or a jag like it's some people want to put in the time to a project others don't and it's just the way it is that's the other one man the gelatin jungles that really surprised me i thought that that was going to be one that you'd like, figure people went crazy over you know i mean i 
I freaking love them. My girl's about to lay any day. I'm like, yes, you know. But if if I had uh, awesome. if, if I had room and I wasn't trying to wind down on anything that wasn't a coastal, I'd probably take you up on a pair of gelatins this year. Right. But I, I cannot, you know, breed breed your Rockhamptons and your Port Douglas and all those other coastals you have, and then I'll come over. Right. So you know, we'll get there. We'll get there. Okay. Be all right. I know. All right. So I do love those two, man. Those those uh, Julatins and and the Palmerstons too. You know, I've seen yeah. some pictures on Nick's page of like, I mean, they, you talk about like liking stripes. I mean, well, there you go. Like that's a good start to a stripe jungle. Um, some of those are just fantastic, and I like the fact that they're not the your highlighter yellow neon yes. animals either. Yes. They're like the they're gold, like gold. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. what I don't understand. Like. If you wanted to, you could focus in again, again with the same goddamn thing. You could focus the entire collection on just jungles. You could do all the different lines of jungles. You can do all the different morphs. You can do all the different localities. Like you could have a, a display of all these different jungles where if you set them side by side, you're going to be able to see the differences between everything because you're going to have those bright highlighter like Delia Scattershot, yellow and black. And then you're going to have next to them like the Palmersons and you're going to have like a bunch of like mustard yellow and then you'll have some white gelatins and then maybe even some ivories and, and you can have mm-hmm. a stellar project on a, a collection a stellar collection that way but yeah. it's almost like people like i have my pair of jungles hooray and like that's it and that's what i do and i'm even you know guilty of this kind of stuff yeah i think uh you know the palm going back to the palmersons for a second um the, the to me you know first of all i love the fact that like you were saying that they're gold but the coolest thing with my one with my female is that her belly is black. Yeah. She has a stripe mm. down her belly, perfectly striped down down her belly. And I know, like as a carpet mm. guy, you never really focus too much on the on the belly. But right. you know, there's there's two like my poison ivy. Her belly is crazy, and then that that Palmerson that I have like perfectly striped. I'm going to have to take a picture of that so people can see. I'm like, holy shit, yeah. man, this is cool. You know, but uh, yeah, man, this is a perfect striped jungle project. And then, um, you know, um, you know, striped jungles, uh, the, the lightning line girl, she should lay any day too. Uh, nice. Yeah, so that should be cool. That'll, that'll be cool. I know Nick wants them bad. <laughs> I can't believe I have something that Nick wants. Woo. I feel so <laughs> you'll, you'll get to that point where, where you can start selling stuff back to Nick and then you'll feel happy. Yeah. So, that happened yeah. to me last year. And I was like, wow, this is so cool, man. <laughs> He's like, what? I'm just like, you don't understand, man. Shut you're, up, like, you. you're like the guy to me, man. You're the man. You're, you're the man. And now you're buying a snake from me. Whoa, this is, this is too cool. Just All take right. it, man. Just take it. <laughs> you know, but, uh, but cool, cool. All right, let's switch gears uh, to uh, to Inlands, right? You got Inlands, too. They're cool. Um, I saw that you had a clutch, but uh, you got uh, – did you get any good eggs in that clutch? Uh, no. That from, from last year? No. Year? Um, no, I haven't I haven't been able to try Inlands yet. Um, right, no? The, no, I only have a pair, and my female right. – She's coming up on, she'll be five years. So I'm going to try to pair her for the next time for the first time next year, uh, this coming season, but no, I have yet to produce them. I have, um, female mog line and then a male male is just stellar. He's a, a mog Schofield cross and he's got that, that really nice, like blue gray tone to him. Um, yeah, it's, 
it's so hard to pick. I remember, like, I've heard people talk about inlines, and I'm talking to Nick over the years, you know, he'll, he'll always bring them up. I'm just like, I don't, I don't know. I never really got it. But then I was eventually, like, the collector part of him just kind of took over, and I was like, all right, I'm going to add some, you know. And, mm-hmm. But when you have them in person, um, yeah, there's just it's something to behold. I love that blue-gray. It's just so hard to pick it up and show it off, like, online, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's so underrated. I, I've been banging this drum for I can't tell you how long and like every time that the last picture that I took of an inland was on a white background where a lot of times I was focusing on a black background when I did the white background the reds and all like really popped out and I was able to in this one shot able to capture that and man that was wow they're they're really nice yeah yeah they are really neat yeah they're (laughs) up there so yeah I'm looking forward to trying them them next year for the first time so do you have a like a plan how you're gonna do that one, or are you just kind of trying to figure it out when you get closer? You know, given my setup, I think I'm gonna have to kind of copy what I did with the Brisbane's, and I'm just gonna have to shuffle them um, yeah. until I get something else figured out. Because I don't really have a way to get them cooler. Or the uh, the other option, I guess I, I've thought about and kicked around would be to to leave them back there. But then I gotta. I got to run a lot of wire to be able to warm them up back there. And I don't really have outlets in the back part of my basement. So, it's, okay. um, I don't know. I, I think I'll, I'll probably just focus on maybe like a specific project or two that I'm shuffling right. at least for now until I get something else figured out. Okay. Um, I think I got a plan though. And I just not sure if I'm be able to get it all set up and put together by this coming year. So, yeah. So it's just, uh, I got some busy work. Hopefully that'll, <laughs> that'll pay off. So cool. And then you're working. Whatever with, works. You're working with uh, Darwin's as well, right? Have you have you been those? Yep, the Darwin's. They're um, got a clutch of those cooking right now too. Um, really oh, pretty, nice. banded. Um, you know, wild type looking Darwin's. Um, they're they're both really. I, I love the banded look, like in all of my stuff. But right. they, although they're perfectly banded, they come from animals that throw stripes. So like, um, a couple years ago. They had the female throw, and you'd never know looking at them, but I swear, I mean, that thing looked like a tiger, um, and I'm mm. kicking myself uh, for letting it go because uh, oh, I've been trying oh, no. to reproduce it the last couple of years, and I have yet to be able to even come close. And there were like two or three of them in that clutch. Um, and now you see like the stuff Nick's got on his website, like those nice tiger-looking Darwins. Like, man, that thing, they're I don't know, just as good if not better than those. I'm totally right. kicking myself, but... So yeah, I got a, a clutch of those cooking, um, both head for albino. Um, cool. They throw some really nice contrast, banded. They're really fun to work with. You know, they tend to be right up there with the pop ones as far as maybe more arboreal than the other subspecies, at least in my experience. Sure. Um, so they're they're pretty. They're out and about most every night on their perches. So. Yeah, that one female yeah. we saw, um, you know, when we were over in Australia, she was up and high up in the, yeah. in the branches, just well, perched out. And, you know, Gavin said, and I've said this on the show before, but he said that the, they bred and laid a clutch with like, what, three females, I think it was? Oh, well, it was the, the male had bred, apparently he was tracking them. He had like bred like three or four females and never he left had the never, never touched the ground. He had just crawled over the trees, got to the girls. Did we had to, and then crawled back. Like, right. he never touched the ground. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. So God, that was yeah. Changes, changes your they're, mindset uh, and, like, how, you know, and I, I've noticed that, too. Like, you give them a perch, they're going to perch. 
Yeah. Also, she was huge. I mean... The, the weird thing is about, like, I've noticed with them, though, is, like, mm-hmm. even though they tend to perch more than the other subspecies, when you have them out and you're handling them, they tend to be the most squirrely of the bunch, yes. like, at least in mine, and they, they don't wrap your arm, like, and grab you. They're, they're almost like a, they're trying to get away and flee, like, onto a branch or something, you know? Right. Yeah. Now, I don't know if that's because they're, like, closer to the wild, like, well, the wild type, like, maybe haven't been bred. Well, no, you got the head all by. I noticed the ones that I have that are from the, the Terry Phillip line, they're, they're like, super squirrely, you know, like, they're extra mm. squirrely, you know, but... Uh, mm-hmm. And mean. I, I've heard that a lot about uh, Darwin. So, do you do anything bre- different breeding with them? Because sometimes I've heard that they can be tricky. I haven't... I tried them this year, but um, I haven't had any luck. No, they... No, I guess the... I have, I keep them higher up. So I think they, um, and then like my female, she's higher up and near the window. So I, she doesn't really warm up to probably more than, uh, that hot spot can't get any warmer than 83, 84, you know, okay. at, at the peak of the day. Right. Um, so they probably stay a little cooler, but no, other than that, I don't, I don't really do anything different there. Um, Which is hot. yeah, that's the only so difference I've noticed. It was like it was... the behavior. It was so hot, but oh. then, like, when it rained it during the nighttime, it was humid as shit. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's cool. I know. Yeah, they, um, and then I have, uh, working some, uh, with some of the other, like, real wild type stuff, you know, not, not hat for albino line stuff. Uh-huh. And, um, squirrely, I don't know if would be the right word to describe <laughs> them. They're more, they're more, uh. <laughs> chip on your shoulder evil like pissed off kind of psychotic so. yeah i got you <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> mine's have chilled out but yeah i know what you mean <laughs> yeah. yeah but that's the weird thing is like with the other ones like you know my bush master line adult darwin's head albino they they perch all the time but then they won't really grip you when you're holding them or working with them but then these other guys that are even more wild type than them you know even uh more recently removed from the wild um, grip the heck out of a hook when I'm moving them around. It's like hard getting them off the thing. So I don't know. It's just a little different. Yeah. Yeah. All right, cool. Um, no diamonds, man. What's what's going? Yeah. What's on? up with that? <laughs> yeah. Let's I know. judge yeah, based on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For whatever reason, I that's the one I've yet to add, and I know I'll be changing that at some point. I guess I've just. I focused more on uh, more energy, you know, as far as like the the cooler animals, on, uh, you know, as far as like the brittle projects. But diamonds, at some point, I'd, yeah, definitely got to add them. Um, I, I know, I'm just kind of running I, running out of diamonds. space. So, yeah. uh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I know, no, Eric. I saw you got. Yeah, do that, Eric. <laughs> What's that? Because you got You're a pair. Cool. You got a pair going yeah. this year, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I got the uh, San Diego Zoo and reduced pattern going. Um, yeah, I'm excited Sweet. about that, man. And if I get a concert diamonds, I will be, you know, happy as a pig and shit, man. That will be will it, uh, quite an accomplishment. Will it make up for not going to Australia? I don't know, man. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes and no. Hurt. <laughs> yes yeah. and no, no, you know. It still hurts. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, it does. It does hurt. It hurts. Um, But... uh yeah, no, I'm excited about that. You know, I don't know about you, man. I mean, you're probably like this, but every time you tick a species off that you that you bred yeah. and you're successful with, you know, you feel like you've accomplished something, you know? It probably means nothing to nobody else, but here in the reptile world, we're like, yeah, man, okay, all right. But 
I'll, I'll take you one further, but then like the following year when you don't get a debris, doesn't that just like hit you right in the shorts? You're like, what did I do wrong? I did the exact same thing. What's wrong with you? So I don't know. So it's, right. it's weird. Yeah. So would this be your first time producing diamonds this year if you're successful? Yes. Yeah. yeah. First time. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Can I ask what was, uh, what was your like wintering strategy for him? How did you, how'd you so, do the cool down? So I got two different rooms. I have, um, a room that's more, um, so my, both my rooms are downstairs, but the one where I have the diamonds at is not heated. So I would say mm-hmm. that the average temp ambient temperature in here is probably maybe seventies, you know, but in the winter we're talking like maybe 50s this winter in particular was kind of a struggle because it didn't get down that cold so I actually i was telling owen i had to actually open the back door and then people that have been to my house at carpet fest know that i have a door to the office where the diamonds are in and then there's kind of like a like a small like living room type and then it goes out back so i had to at least like the back door cracked so that the cold air was mm-hmm. coming in you know um but uh mm-hmm. Yeah, I just do that, and um, I think, you know, I just, I manipulated their hotspot, like, time-wise. I would put it up, I think I probably had it, like, maybe 90, 90 degrees, but had it on that that heat for, uh, I think, at 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 the lowest part of the winter, maybe two hours, was it two hours? Yeah, it was two hours. So okay. it would be on, they would go and bask and then the heat would shut off. And then for the rest of the day, they would just be, you know, chilling out. Dude, the, you know, when it comes to, you know, I, I, man, I wish I would have known about these before when I got into <laughs> but like, dude, they eat once a month and they yeah. don't eat from like November. It's kind of like bread lies, I guess the same, same thing. Yeah, kind of. Um, but they, uh, they, they, they don't eat. You know, from November until I just fed them in March when I was warming them up. And, um, you know, I gave them a meal. I put them together and I was like, oh, man, this is this is going to be intense, uh, intense (laughs) and hard. And I come down like 45 (laughs) minutes later and they're locked up. I'm like, maybe not so hard. Oh, man. (laughs) They they, they painted the people psyched you out for this stuff so hard. But. Like the other thing is that Eric, you have windows in your diamond room. Do you think that helped? I'm sure it did. You know, yeah. That's why I was asking you, uh, Roy, about uh, whether or not that window plays an effect. I noticed that uh, with them, it. I think it definitely does. You know, the length of day. I think. And all that I kind think. Of stuff. Yeah, that's one thing I worry less about. I used to worry more about trying to. Uh, fight, you know, the, that draft that comes in with all the windows, and now yeah. I'm more so just kind of <laughs> let it ride, you know, and, and let them feel it, you know, and sure. I, unless I start seeing issues, like, right. I'd rather have them be more exposed to, to the seasons and the swings, you know, and get them in tune, so. Yeah. I, I mean, I can't really speak, I mean, I guess all pythons are kind of the same, but, you know, but for when it comes to carpets, man, I, I say it all the time, but man, they're tough snakes, man. They, they, they're like ready yeah. for those drops and those temp swings and whatnot. So like, uh, well, let's, let's segue right into bread lie. I mean, what are you doing with bread lie? How's your, yeah. your projects and stuff? Have you bred them yet? Or 
No, same thing as the inland. So um, mine, you know, growing them slow, my first pair of five-year-old will, will be five for this coming season. So I'll be trying them for the first time. But the plan is um, I want to set them up like right against the wall of windows, kind of in between and against the windows. Right. So I'm hoping I won't have to shuffle everything. I'm hoping that, you know, just killing the heat and, and you know, um, letting the heat kind of be what it is in the house, I'll be able to get them down into the, the low to mid sixties and hopefully that'll be enough. Um, so that's what I'm hoping to do. And yeah, next year, um, probably be trying the, I got a pair of a fours line nice. animals. I'll be trying for, uh, next year. I'm just deciding one of those and or I might kind of have another, um, price line animal. I've been kind of kicking around deciding which one I want to prioritize, but. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. And then aside from that, you know, a lot of the other, other stuff is, is a lot younger. Um, you know, the stone wash, the hypo, the stripes and combinations within those, those genes. So yeah, they're, they're, they're fantastic. I just, that's when I really appreciate like the LEDs in the basement, like we were talking about yeah. it. And like, it's still worth it. Like when the brettles come out, oh man, cause their, their reds just, yeah. It, like, it doesn't thank God justice, I installed you know, those. Put them under any, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. those guys. Yeah. Definitely, uh... I, I, another like I, I think people are kind of coming around on bread lie, but like I want to say another underrated species still, in my opinion. Yeah, it seems that they uh, yeah totally got agree. some traction um, over the yeah. past couple of years. You know, I guess you know talking but, about them constantly for <laughs> but it took freaking long enough. It's like and that's what kind of shocks you is like people are like oh man these things are awesome. It's like yeah they have been the whole time. Right. We've just been saying that so I, yeah. I don't know. No, absolutely. I think it's a lot of like the the whole reason a lot of people aren't into carpets because like when you when you take babies to shows, you know, like your coastals, your brettles or whatnot, they don't, they're not going to grab people's attention that aren't already in the carpets right, and right. you know know what they're looking for. Um, but I think now that you see you know Nick's pumping out more of the hypos and the hypo stone wash and the stripes and whatnot, mm-hmm. and they're looking a lot better like as babies. I think that's. I think that might be contributing to, you know, grabbing people's attention a little bit more compared to before when, you know, there weren't as many yeah. of those animals floating around. Yeah, that's yeah. a good point. I didn't think about that. Like the, uh, right from the egg, they're visually appealing as opposed to those gray, yeah. gray and dull. Gray, ugly <laughs> coastals, yeah. Hey, man, I, 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 know, I, I know, still love them, but yeah, I get it. I get why people don't, uh, you know. <laughs> but in a way, I like that. I like that not everybody likes them, and they're not, like, super appealing from the get-go because yeah. they're still kind of underrated, you know. It's just like mm-hmm. if you know what you're looking for, like you see that, that jag that comes out, and it's, yeah, it's brown and tan, but it happens to be a really clean, really light tan, and you know what that came from, like you know what that has a good chance of turning into. I still like watching, like love watching that that change, and yeah. and the fact that not everybody you knows what knows what to look for and isn't as into it, you know. Right. The day that yeah. happens, you know, might be looking at more of the, uh, I don't know, along the lines of people who aren't into it, you know, and as passionate about it, you know, for that species, and maybe have other motivations. So. Yeah. 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 100%. I mean, that's that, uh, yeah what drew me to carpets is like nobody like nobody was really paying too much attention to them so it's like you were the ugly kid in the corner and then jag came and ruined it all but it's like <laughs> you know it's you can still kind of have that like you're saying it's people 
people don't know. They underestimate that little ugly brown snake until it shows up at a show and it's almost a year old and then it pops. So you have from before it turns a year to figure out what the hell you want to do with it or if you want to buy it because you're in the know. So it's cool. Right. Yeah. Yeah, the brittles, that's something I'm really looking forward to. They just, you know, um, I don't have a huge group, you know, maybe mm-hmm. 10 dozen animals, but they're they're definitely some of my favorites. Um, I'm Wait, just trying just... to figure out as adults um, how I want to kind of set them up, you know, if I want to do the perches or if I want to go more like a shelf style because they, they do like the perch, but I'm just kind of wondering, you know, if they get a little bit bigger, you know, and get a little more mass to them and girthy, if they're going to want to have that kind of strain on their body sitting on a perch or better off with a shelf. So that's what I've been trying to figure out before I move them up to their full size cages. So, yeah, you know, I was thinking about that the other day because I was, um, you know, diamonds are another one that like, they like to perch. And I was trying to think about how to get the cages to, uh, to come to look right. And, um, yeah, I, I think I might go shelf. I don't know. I have a feel. I have, I just like the idea that. I mean, I know perch is more naturalistic. Maybe I'll do like a, a you know some kind of perch going into the shelf. But I, I like the idea that if they want to get underneath the shelf, that mm-hmm. they can. You know, whereas like with a right. with a with a branch or a perch or something like that, you know, you don't have that same same right. Those are your ability. options. You know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's got that double purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and do you? Yes. Do you? You're mostly perches in your cages, right? Uh, no, I'm mostly because of how I do most of my cages with those oh, that's big right. bins. You do the big bins. Bins. But they, they rest up on those bins, right? Yeah. It's like having right. a shelf. Right. Yeah. So um, that's what I'm shelf. <laughs> yeah, they can they can position it where the fuck they want, and oh, because the I holes see. in because the holes in the front, they can then use it as a hide box right. and as a nesting box. So. It's fantastic. I love it. So, because I keep, I'm like, maybe I should add shelves. I already kind of have one. Um, For the big snakes in the wood cages, they have, I'm installing a higher shelf because their cages have a lot of like height. And because they're so long, it's the, you kind of got a lot of a lot of space between the heat source and the cool side. So I'm installing a shelf above the water bowl on the cool side. And then I'm putting a branch up to that shelf so this way they can um you know they if they want to be on the warm side they can sit on top of their bins or they can go into their bins or they can go around the bins if they want to hang out on the branch they can if they want to go up even higher onto the cold side they can on the shelf um so that's what i was i was in the middle of doing that last friday and then i decided to go to the hospital instead so um stop punching glass man i mean i did not punch the glass <laughs> the glass broke and it cut mm. me that is mm. all that happened so um i don't know why everybody thinks i punched it but um you don't have an anger issue or I do anything not have an anger issue. <laughs> <laughs> nah shut up uh, um but it's just one of those things where I, it, options and also adding a shelf like that increases the floor space. And that's awesome. Right. So, you know, for all I know, I'm going to install the shelf and I'm going to have a Timor Python that never wants to come down off the shelf. Fuck it. Fine. Stay up there. I don't care. So um, whatever works. So I think shelves are, and that's the other thing is like, you know, I, I put perches in with animals that you're like, you're, arboreal you'll like the you'll like a perch and then they just stare at it 
Like I, I put, <laughs> I put sticks in with the rough scales, and they're like, "The fuck is that?" Like you know. But then I put shelves with cork bark on it, and they're all underneath the cork bark on the shelf, inside the tubes. Like it just depends on the animal you're looking at. So right. I, I I prefer shelves, to be honest with you. Okay. All right. Well, there you got it. Owen prefers shelf. So, you know. yes, that the more, you know, right. so, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So with those bins, do you do, is that like a moist hide bin? You got mulch or anything in there yeah. too, or it's like a mixture yeah. of mulch, uh, moss, even some dirt and stuff. Oh yeah. It's, okay. it's really good for, um, if they're going to shed, cause then I won't have to like miss right. down the whole thing. I just literally put right. the nozzle on mist, shove it in the hole and hold spray and then they go in there to shed. And also, um, as soon as I started doing these bins, every single female, like I used to have it where it was a, it was a bin, but it like had a semicircle cut in the front for a hide for them. Uh, and the females would lay the eggs all over the cage. Uh, since it was, since it's now it's this bin with a lid that locks, um, the female will move the bin and then she'll lay the eggs inside it. I've never had a girl like not go inside the bin and lay. Um, so it's really good with mm-hmm. that too. Uh, it also definitely helps with things like white lips, um, who really like a higher humidity. Uh, the Timor pythons, things like that. Uh, the retics yeah. are too stupid. To actually, use it. They just prefer to have rough sheds every time because they're jackasses. But um, <laughs> I it, they it were really the smartest pythons. Oh, they're dumb as bricks. I mean, it's. <laughs> Don't tell the retic people that you're in trouble. I said, <laughs> I said it right now, right here. Retics are stupid, uh, okay. but it's just it's just the way it is. Where it's like again, it options. Here's here's a bin full of moss. Here's you know here's your water bowl. Do you want to get in it? Get on it. Do you want to do whatever? Whatever makes you happy, <laughs> just do it. Right. And the whole point. So that's cool. So yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, what about your green tree projects? Are you working? It looks like what? Maybe there, I guess, maybe Beox stuff or what's, what's your. Uh... Yeah. So yeah, very small focused project. I, I just have a, um, a reverse trio. I just started out as a pet, you know, um, maybe a couple of years after I got my first carpet, um, wanting to expand, get something a little bit different, a little more challenging. Um, I picked up this real pretty, Maroki from Terry Phillip. Um, and it was just, you know, supposed to be a pet. It wasn't necessarily a breeding project. I just wanted one. Um, and then, you know, I added some, some Beox stuff. So, um, my female, my adult female Beox, I lost her the other year. So I've been growing up another one for this male I got ready. Um, but yeah, at this point, it's just, just a reverse trio and the female isn't quite ready to go. So I'll probably try her for the first time next year. So, they're, uh, yeah, I just love the the kind of two-tone, yellow and green, random white, maybe a little bit of black. I got a male. He's got some nice kind of blue, like on his lower chin and along the his sides a little bit. Right. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, they're, they're pretty cool. Yeah. So do you do anything so, different? I know. Keeping that? Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, nothing really different. They're they're in the same bowl file cages. I keep them in a three-by-two. The only thing I do a little bit different is, you know, there's a giant water pan in there. Um, okay. I don't miss even here in Colorado, um, unless okay. they're in shed. Right. Um, no, I, I'm able to, I guess like with that, I mean, the water pan like takes up half the bottom of the cage. So it's, it's oh, a okay. fair amount. 
of evaporation going on there. But um, no, there the only thing different would be the size of the water pan. You know, I do just for aesthetics. You know, put some kind of fake plastic plants and mount mm-hmm. those along the sides of the cages. And they have I've kind of jazzed up their perches a little bit. You know, with kind of your torched and bent and twisted PVC stuff. Um, I haven't done that like that yet to all the other ones just because it takes a little little time. But right. Um, yeah, they seem to be doing all right. So just really, I feed them, you know, pretty sparingly. Right. Um, small meals, and you know, they're pretty small. So I don't weigh them. I couldn't tell you, but the female, she's she's probably four years old, maybe five. She's a wild caught, so that's just the you know best guess. But um, she's taken like hopper mice. Okay. Um, maybe a weaned every once in a while. Um, yeah, she's probably about the girth of my middle finger thumb somewhere in there so not not big i don't have a huge hands so are are you thinking about expanding into other projects with those guys you know i I sure would like to um Mm -hmm. but they they're they're cool in their own right but they don't they don't do it for me as much as some of the other morelia morelia type projects i wouldn't mind starting with i've heard you talk about the rough scales right like those at some point gotta get I've on. Me- wait wait, wait. Um, i've mentioned rough scales on this show that's so weird <laughs> maybe it was somebody else yeah I, been else, but... I don't know that doesn't sound like me not owen never <laughs> never never owen <laughs> yeah so uh, no i don't have any plans to expand those guys right now um just want to keep a couple and, you know, I'd love to, to reproduce them at some point, you know, just right. to experience that. But, and, and if I do, I don't think I'll be able to let any of them go. Cause like the, the male super, he's like high green with some blue, the female, she's probably, I don't know, 50, 50 yellow and green, but the green, it's not like you see some of them that are like your forest green or kind of dull green. I mean, she's only four or five, but her green is still like, I think I got a post schedule for a couple weeks out, but it's like a, how do you put it? I don't know. It's like a, it's like a chartreuse almost type green to it, you know? Um, right. Okay. She's really pretty. So I'd have a hard time releasing any of those if and when I finally produce them. So. I mean, would you have to like hold on to them until they all colored up? Because like that's like, I don't know, <laughs> two years. <laughs> like, how long does it take them to do that? Um, well, that's the predicament right there. Yeah. Because yeah. the Biox change slowest of all. So it's like, yeah. you need to keep them all for three to four years. Like, to see what oh, they God. end up like. <laughs> so at that point, yeah, I'm going to have to figure something out. Because, yeah, from, I don't know. From, well, from I guess we'll I hear, cross that bridge when we come to it. Yeah. Right. From what I hear, man, you know, by the time you get these feeding and established, uh, you know, unless your name is Gary, um, otherwise, you're <laughs> just like wanting to get rid of them. Like, you're just like, send them out the goddamn door. I can't take another day of these things. Yeah. That may well be. Yeah, I guess we'll find out maybe at <laughs> some point. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I might change my tune. I don't know. I got, this is my line of thinking at this point, you know, not having experienced it yet. So. Yeah, neither have I. I'm only going yeah. by what I hear, but every year it's the same thing. I'm like, I would never make more than two clutches of these fucking things. Oh, my God. You know? <laughs> It's like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> like, no. Nah, wait, suck. I thought you loved these things. Like, yeah, yeah. no. They're the worst. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. There's just something about the Biox, like that that yeah, big head. Big you know, head. it's always. Yeah. I mean, I know they're they're pretty common, and you know, a lot of it's pretty common import. You know, but that big dragon like snout, um, and they tend to be. I I I've again a very small sample size to to speak from, but the Maroki compared to the two Biox I have, 
you can do whatever you want with that Maroki animal. He's chill as heck, you know, um, as long as it's not, you know, after dark. Um, but the Beox, like, it's, I don't know, man. It's it's anybody's guess any time of day. Like I, I wouldn't Dying. trust them. Right. So I yeah. did I did like I had But I like that about him too. I had a couple of Rube Beox and I did always like them. It just I, I don't know. What I just about had bad that luck one with I them. sent you uh, No, that was an a hole. That one needed what to was oh, yeah, Grendel, yep, Grendel needed to die. <laughs> Holy Grendel shit, needed that to thing die in evil. a fire. Oh my god. It was an Arubiok. It was beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. I mean, gorgeous. And yeah. that thing is like you Mustard get lulled in, you're like, like oh yeah, oh. beautiful. But you're like, you're so I pretty, and then he evil. bites you on the head. Like, no, it was that thing was a dick. Oh man. Yeah. If I were to work with another locality, it would have to be the Aru. Uh, that, I've always been really drawn to that deep emerald green and that, that yeah. contrasting, that stark yeah. white. And, I don't know. It's just really appealing to me, too. And then the blues. Like, a lot of them have in a lot of the blue hues to them, especially, like, on the, the underside. And I really like that. Right. See, the and I'm going to do sacrilege right now, but I'm a sucker for the yellows. So, like, if oh, it's man, a... I'm... Yeah, if it's a majority it's yellow with some green, um, I'm sold. Like, what is it? Lemon tree? Isn't that a thing? Yeah. Oh, okay. So, so proud of Thank you. you. Is that because Thank GTP you. Keeper Radio is coming back? I'm glad yeah. you mentioned because there's been a sighting <laughs> of GTP Keeper Radio. This is truly the end of times. They're back. <laughs> so, um, yeah. anyway, good segue. Good segue. I'm glad we rehearsed this. Right. Um, but it's, it's, it's that contrast. It's again, like, you know, what we were talking about with Roy with like the tigers, like I'm a sucker for contrast. Show me a bright freaking color next to a dark color and you've sold me. So, um, having something like a yellow animal with some flecks of green on it, I'm sold. Give it to me. So, um, they're cool. And if I were ever to do, if I were ever to lose my mind and start building a green tree pot project, it would be that. We would I, truly know it's the end of the world. End of time. No, but I have to stop saying <laughs> things like this because, like, four years ago, I was like, I'd lose my mind and have retics. It's like, I, dude, we don't know how long this show is going to keep going. I might right. lose <laughs> words later. Right. <laughs> oh, man. See, I'm yeah, a sucker. That, that Biak blood tends to be pretty unpredictable, you know, as oh, far yeah. as what the color pattern is going to shake out like. So. Really, you know, there's that element to it. You know, you don't know what you're going to get, regardless of what the pairing may look like. So, I call that hybrid vigor. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to get punched. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I call that. But anyway, um, uh, I, I'm a sucker for, you know, you said the, the Marukis or the Marukis or however you say it any, nowadays, but. Um, that green with the white stripe, man. Oh, yeah. That's, uh, to me, that's like. That's what really I wanted. And that's, yeah. And that's why I sought out Terry when I picked up that animal. Because the, the guy that I have came from two perfectly striped animals. <laughs> um, I could probably count. Yeah, I'd say it'd probably take both hands. But the number of white scales along his dorsal, um, that's what he ended up like. Very right. little white at all. But right. still really pretty green to him. And a really really calm disposition so is that the one with like the the like the four dots when it's perched right by its head mm. the four white dots is that the snake i don't know that i've posted him at all in the last couple few years uh, i had him paired up with this this biak that i had before she passed the other year or two ago um but yeah he's 
he's he has very very few white scales along his dorsal. He's pretty much just a solid green animal. Okay. It just was yeah. I looked over at my computer and that was the snake that was uh it's like kind of perched on the like the little loopy perch. Uh but it's got like like right where its head is and the coils, it's like one, two, three, four little white dots. <laughs> I wonder if that's no, because I'm looking at him right now. No, he doesn't have any white on the head or the neck at all. It's not until maybe like a third of the way down. There's even like oh no no one I'm sorry. It's, it's not on his head. It's like you know how like when they perch and their head sits right in the coils on the mm-hmm. coil. The coil is the uh, right below his head. Right. I'll send it to you. Oh yeah, could be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like it's got to be one of three, and it's a good chance it was him. Right. I only have three. <laughs> Right on. That's awesome. Um, okay. And then, uh, I don't know, what else do we got? Olive pythons? You're working with them? Yeah. How close are you to breeding those? Uh, I got them paired up this year. Yeah. No Love the olives. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, she's only five, so we'll see. You know, but she's big enough. Again, you know, slow grown like everything I have. Mm-hmm. Saw a lot of activity out of the pairing. Um, but at this point, you know, I'm not, I'm not seeing any signs. I'm seeing the activity start to slow down quite a bit. I haven't seen any confirmed locks, but I try not to really mess with them or look at them too much and just kind of, I palpate her every once in a while, but I don't, I don't have real high hopes that anything's going to come of it this year. So we'll see. But yeah, I'm working with a small group of olives. Um, the ones that I have paired up this year, both had albinos. Um, Nice. Yeah, they're 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 just fantastic animals. They're one of the animals. My wife's a teacher, so every year, you know, I bring a handful of animals into the classroom and show the kids and do that kind of thing. And and for all the cool neon colored patterned animals that you know, I take to show everybody when you get that that big that big patternless brown olive colored animal out, they still mm-hmm. they still dig it. So yeah, yeah. it's an impressive snake, man, for sure. For sure. Yeah, love those guys. You just have to ignore them because if you try to, like, they'll always eat regardless of what's happening. So you literally have to just walk by their cage and pretend that they're not there. Um, Because, I mean, dude, I don't know about you, man. Like, I'll be thawing pinkies, and they'll be like, I'll have the olive python's attentions. They'll be like, oh, no, we're good. Like, we'll eat it. It's like, that's – to you guys, man, like, no, that's not. But um, they're – one of my favorites. I would, your, yeah, I would agree with that. What's your guys' For thoughts sure. on yeah. like, mixing up their diet as far as feeding them like more birds and do, stuff? Do it. Do it. Yeah. Do it. Yes. Okay. You guys do that? Yes, I have started. Yeah. Um, I've never messed with the birds. I don't know. I, I switch it up like as far as different kind of rodents, rodents, but I've never, I've never done birds. Like I'll, I'll especially the olives and stuff that aren't aren't picky at all like yeah, yeah. they'll get what kind of rotate rats and you know gerbils asfs they'll get you know every once in a while I'll give them like a i don't know a plate of like jumbo mice um mm-hmm. since they need a decent oh, amount of those for a meal yeah, they'll, eat, they'll eat the plate well, too yeah, yeah. you have to watch yeah i should say like a at least a few because like yeah. you know one of those isn't isn't gonna do yeah so yeah, yeah. but i haven't messed with with any birds or anything else besides just rodents so Dude, I I live out near Lancaster, Pennsylvania, so every male chicken is totally dispensable. So I can get uh, a couple-day-old male chicks 
for way cheaper than I can adult mice, and they're the same size animal. Um, there's a lot of quail that I can get that is the same size as a, depending on how old the quail is. An adult quail is the size of a medium to large rat. Right. Um, and that's awesome. And then you can start getting into the full grown chickens, which is also right up there. Um, and it's fantastic. And people are like, oh, it makes their poop smell or this, anything. It, it really doesn't. It doesn't make it runny. It doesn't like do whatever. If your snake's an asshole and he craps all over the wall, clean the wall. Oh my God, it's fixed. Like you don't have to deal with it. So, um, but I've had no problems. And then I also started feeding like fish to certain animals. Um, huh. I got my Chinese king rats, my California king snakes, my pine snakes, my. Uh, my corn snakes, uh, uh, my blue beauties, my Kribo. Um, I'm trying to get the rhinos to get on it, but they're being reluctant. Um, but uh, starting to get some of the, I got my Madagascar hogs on it as well. And it's just like you, you can buy like tilapia fillets and you just cut them up and you can feed like five, six animals out of one fillet. And um, hmm. I'm trying, there's a fish market near me. And I was going to go over there and see, like, how much they sell for, like, the whole fish and, like, what they had on special because I was going to start seeing what animals I could get to just take, like, a mackerel or something like that and just trying to do that stuff. I mean, they're opportunistic feeders in the wild. They're not going to give a shit if it's a lizard today, a bird tomorrow, and then a rodent. Right. You know, it's so uh, why not? And you know what? It, it, when you get to – I counted yesterday, which, you know, we've mentioned many times on the podcast, never count – how many pythons you currently have? Um, I'm sitting at I'm sitting pretty at about 125 right now, and anything to kind of lessen the food bill a little bit, because like, hey, if this if these fish are gonna go if they're on special sale because they're getting a little, you know, older, whatever, I'll buy them, freeze them, thaw them, feed them. Like, why not? So uh, we'll see. Varying diet seems to work though. They I've had no problems. Yeah, I, um, you mentioned rhinos in there, right? You said yes. you had you have some of those. So yeah. I had some rhinos too, and when I got them, the I know some people start them like on you know those little yeah, those little, little minnows rosies. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, the, those rosy reds, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I switched them off as quick as I possibly could, um, just because trying to feed the rhinos those things, they would. It would hop out of the water bowl and dry up, and 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 everything I talked to to Matthew most about, who I've gotten a lot of my colubrids from, they just they don't seem to grow the same eating fish, you know. And um, yeah. I've always been kind of paranoid about what might be going on inside the gut eating those little minnows too, you know. So I, well, I mean, then now we're gonna go into it. Like, is a minnow is I would say a minnow is kind of like a pinky mouse. What's the nutritional value of a minnow? Because it's not really grown. It's a baby mm-hmm. fish. The nutritional value of a, of a pinky is it's a freaking water balloon. Like you try yeah. to, I try to get polybrids off of pinkies onto fuzzies as fast as humanly possible because then you actually have bone structure. You have calcium. You have all the good things that are in there because normally, yeah, okay, they'll raid a nest of baby mice if they find it, but they're normally eating like lizards and insects and other things, not these water filled skin thingies, like it, it's just not good for them. So I would say that'd be the same thing. Um, I do like vary it. Like when I feed my Kribo, it's a plate of like chicken legs because like they'll eat those two chicken feet. Um, 
chicken hearts. They'll eat anything. Um, and then like chicken wings, like the actual like wings and stuff you can get at the food store and then chunks of fish and then some rodents and they'll clean the whole plate. Um, so there is some sort of variation in the diet. Um, I'm not, I wouldn't recommend going strictly all fish, but yeah, it's a good option. I mean, uh, a chunk of fish caloric has got to be the same as like a mouse or even like a, uh, at least like a pup or like a rat pup or something like that. I mean, and, and why not? So it works. Yeah. Never works. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. It w- I, I will admit, I will say though, like, even though I, I did switch them off for the those little yeah. rosy reds pretty quick, it sure was entertaining watching them chase them. Oh my God. Them it's snatch them, you know? Yeah. Oh my God. It's fun. And dude, like my, um, I have my Chinese king rats set up so that they have like a ton of hides and stuff like that. And I, I feed them just by putting the plate in and then taking it away. Um, and then every once in a while I see them and I'm like, Oh shit. Like you grew a lot. Like it's, it's getting to that point where, you know, they're fiery and like puffy and crazy and then insane. And then the rhinos are like the exact polar opposite. Like I reach in, grab them, they just lay in my hand, and I'm like, I like you guys better. <laughs> like it's, they're they're such a cool species, and they're the ones like you're talking about how like, uh, people get drawn to the olive. People are drawn to a rhino rat snake because it's a snake with a goddamn horn, and people somehow yeah. love that. They don't care what it is. It's like anybody who's afraid of snakes, you show them a rhino rat snake, they're at least intrigued. So, I love. Them. I, I agree, man. They're they're definitely one of my favorite species to work with. They there's just so much interesting about them. You know, they're they're super hardy. They got yeah. the horn. They go through a super drastic color change. Yes. Um, and and they have some really interesting behaviors too. You know, like if you ever kind of get them up and out, and they like to perch, they'll kind of do that sway thing like they're a branch in the wind. Have you ever seen yeah. that? They'll like lean and like oh, if, if they cool. if they mm-hmm. if they feel a breeze, they'll mimic it, and it's hilarious. And yeah. Uh, like, dude, I'm, I'm, it, they're, they like to sit in their waters every once in a while. They burrow into stuff and just kind of have their heads poking out. Um, voracious feeders. When they're rolling, dude, there's oh, yeah. no stopping Absolutely. them. Absolutely. Yeah. And then it's also cool because if you look at them straight on, it's a solid green snake. But then as it turns, the sides of their scales are white, so you start seeing these flashes of white as they move. Mm-hmm. So like, mm-hmm. it's like their 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 pattern is constantly changing on how they are positioned and they're just such a cool species. Um, I am so glad that I traded my last green tree Python for my three rhinos. Um, <laughs> so was, I sent that one back to buddy and he gave that, but I remember having all three of my rhinos at carpet fest. Cause that's where I got them. And these guys who were like, so into pythons, like stopped dead and were checking out the baby rhinos. And it's like that, that again, I think everybody has a soft spot for rhino rat snakes. Yeah. There's the, the interesting thing to me is, I mean, they can be kept so many different ways, like with so much difference between the ways you're keeping them and still be successful with them. They're just yeah. really hardy. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm building up a giant cage where they're going to just all cohab all three of them. I have a trio and I'm just gonna be like, there you go. Bye guys. So it's, yeah. you know, and, and I think it's going to be cool because I'll have ways that I can see them do things. It's like, the swaying in the breeze and like they've, they've been the rack that they're in now is not plugged in at all. They just are there and just room temp. Yep. They eat like clockwork. Yep. Um, 
I shoved them over into the colubrid room for winter just to get cold. And they were looking for food the entire time, like sleeping in the water bowl. Like, I mean, they were like cold, cold to the touch. And they were like, oh, dinner? Like, it's, they're awesome. Really, really cool, really mm-hmm. easy snakes. It's, just, it's one of those things of like what Eric was talking about with diamonds. I wish people had told me that how easy it is to keep a lot of the Asian rat snakes because it like there is you, you put it in there. Cool. You've done it. It's got four walls and a door. Now that's all you need to do. Like it's a lot easier and it's a lot more fun than some of the other things that you have to like dial in appropriately. So I like it. We are also worse. And then the other perk. Mm. Oh, good. Good. Oh yeah. I was going to say the other perk to, you know, like a lot of those Asian rat snakes is, is you really only have to kind of work with them and clean up after them nine months yes. a year, and you can just kind of let them do their own thing for a quarter of the year and just don't you know, worry like about tired of cleaning <laughs> food twice a week. Yeah, you just kind of shut them down in the winter and then you know pick back up in the spring. So yeah, my my beauty snakes are just coming back up, and I'm like, all right, I remember how much I have to feed you guys. Like it's um, it's. Now, what baffles me with you, Owen, is being a cobra guy that, you know, I as looking at, we were talking about this earlier, is that, um, you know, Roy, you work with a lot of like the Lathosinctus and the Coxi and the uh, Polkri. You love Coxi. Is that right? All the porphs, yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. All the porphyracious, all those bamboo trinket. Yeah. A little guy. Yeah. yeah. They got to be the things. coolest colubrids, man. I mean, they the patterns are. on those things and the like, that's, that's cool. I, what's your experience? Like, what's your, I don't know, share, what's your experience with working with them? Do you like them a lot? Do you, you know, are they obviously yeah. working with all of them? I got into those just to have something like polar opposite from pythons, just to have some diversity and do something totally different. Right. So, um, they're, in my experience, they, they're really easy to care for. Um, I just kind of set them up. They're the only ones I have in substrate. I really don't like messing with substrate, but they, I don't think they'd be successful at all on paper. Like I keep everything else on. Um, right. So yeah, they're uh, they're just in a in a tub, like Owen said, super simple to keep. They don't need light. They don't need heat. You can shut them down for a few months a year. I'll feed the females, you know, um, one, you know fuzzy mouse per week the males once every week kind of coming out of um winter and then every couple of weeks and they're really easy and willing breeders um and no double and triple clutch consistently which is interesting really um yeah and they get a little bit of heat i keep them a little bit above room temperature um cool end right at the at the ambient room temp and then um incubation just room temp. I don't even, I don't even keep them in an incubator. Um, I just kind of put them on top of a rack and leave them about 75 or so. Um, yeah, so they're, they're neat. You know, I'm working with all four of the, the available subspecies in the U S as far as I know. Right. Um, the lattice sync, this, the, the pulcher cocci, and then the viante. Um, yeah, they're neat. They're not. They're not so much to interact with. They're more of a kind of observe. Mm. Um, they tend to be flighty, snappy little things. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Some of them are a little more chill than others. Yeah, but right. Um, no, they're fun. They're pretty easy to keep, and I'm enjoying them too. So that's cool. They look like they would be yeah. a prime candidate for like a, 
you know, uh, if you wanted to set up like a naturalistic setup, you know, something that you could just, uh, you know, put in your, put in like, uh, I don't know, your living room or something like that because the temperatures that they don't necessarily need to be kept, you know, like a Python where they need that higher ambient temperature, that kind of thing. But Mm -hmm. cool. Yeah. And I think that, yeah, I think the only thing you got to be careful of is the heat. Honestly, I had, um, a guy that was going to pick up a group from me last year and he was down in Texas and he's going to add, add some, uh, some latisinctus. He was working with the culture, but didn't have any latisinctus. I think it was. And, um, his AC went out in summer in Texas and couldn't mm-hmm. keep his room under 80. I think he said it got up to like 83, 84, something like that. Right. Wiped out his whole group. Yeah. So yeah, it's like they, that's, they that's the thing. They're like not the tolerant heat. to temperature. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Room temp or colder, they're totally fine. You won't have any problems, but they don't like it above 80 at all. Yeah, no. How about that? That's why, like like I said, yeah. they're, in the, they're in a rack that's unplugged that's near the door. Like, it's there. Like, yeah, it's it just, that's just the weirdest thing. And, I mean, um, I would say that my, uh, my Madagascar hogs are – kind of like the almost the opposite they don't really like the heat that much either but um it's definitely one of those things where they can tolerate a little bit more so they're kind of like in the bins with the pythons but um it's just so much it's just so much weirder because again it's nobody really explained it to you people told you that asian rat snakes were hard but they didn't tell you that the reason they were hard is because you can't keep them the same way you keep them as your pythons. If you just don't do that, they're really very easy. So, because, um, I, I mean, I wanted cocci and mandarins for the longest time, but was told that they were, like, you had to put them in a refrigerator or something. And that's not true. You can, <laughs> but you don't have to. Like, it's, I, I think I talked to somebody who said that every time he has a bunch of baby cocci that don't eat, he puts them in a wine chiller for like a couple months and then pulls them out and they're fine. So I don't know. Um, yeah. You think and that's the other popular. thing about them too, is getting them started. I mean, I've, I've yet to have yet to have had to assist feed a single baby. Um, they Damn. start like clockwork on, you know, like live day old pinks. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just really simple setup. I just keep the babies like in a six quart tub, like a shoebox size tub about, inch and a half, two inches of cypress. So, I mean, it's most of the way filled with, with cypress mulch. Um, you really don't see them out very much. And mm-hmm. um, you just toss the, the day-old live pink in there and like clockwork, you know, it's gone the next morning every time. So That's cool. Nice. Pretty easy to Love keep. That. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is just is knowing how to, knowing not to heat them up too much and then just kind of leave them alone. And they do really well. Yeah. I had the opportunity um, when when we moved out to Colorado shortly thereafter um, to tour the pro exotics facility, uh-huh. and um, you know before the obviously that unfortunate fire, um, and and they were keeping a bunch of these things like in in, in kind of how I'm keeping them now. They would keep them right up against like this big like car garage bay type door, you know, that would open up. Mm-hmm. Um, so that way that was like their cooling. Like, so it would get a lot of draft and a lot of cool that way. Um, and yeah, I just tried to mimic that, you know, cypress mulch, damp area, dry area. Um, and just kind of leave them be. Wow. That's pretty cool. 
Yeah, cool species for sure. Oh, and you got to chop chop on them. Yeah. I'll get there. <laughs> you know, it's got I got I got I got again, dude. It all comes down to time, and you know other things. So, uh, like I said, I'm gonna have to do some rearranging once everybody warms up and I separate all the carpets, and then we'll have a full assessment of just how many bins I have open and how much damage I can do in a summer, right. um, which. If you've watched past summers, it's a lot of damage I can do in one summer. So, um, yeah, we'll see. So you're working with the Vietnamese Blue Beauties? Yes, I am. That's pretty neat. How are um, you? How are you liking them? I love them. They were they were spitfires, like hellish babies. Like I mean, yeah. open the door and they would double ass and flare out their necks and open mouth hiss. And then they just got older, and now they like I pick them up and they flatten their necks a little bit, but they don't do anything else. Like they they don't resist. <laughs> they're just like all right, like that's their that's the the, the that's as far as they're going to go as threat displays. They flatten their necks a little bit, but they're cool. Okay, they're kind of animal that like you look at it in the cage and you're like all right, and you grab it, and then the snake keeps coming, and you're like well eventually I'll get to the tail, and it just keeps coming and yeah. keeps coming, and they're a really cool animal. It's like the only snake that I know that has like 12 different patterns on one animal because it's got like a striped tail. It's got like this checker pattern on its sides. It's a solid head and neck. It's it's crazy. I I do love them, though. Um, they're really cool. And I treat them just like the Chinese king rats and everything else. It's same kind of temperatures. But I feed them like the Karibo because um, I need them to get a little bit bigger than they are. And mm-hmm. uh, feed, trying to feed a colubrid a lot to get it to mm-hmm. a certain size is tricky, in my opinion. It's you're 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 a razor's edge between healthy weight and fat. So it's like I could sit there and feed them like two medium rats, but then they're just gonna get fat as hell. So I just try to give them a bunch of smaller prey uh, mm-hmm. every like 14 days, something like that, to try to get them up there, and they're growing. I mean, they've grown this last year more than they have the past, so um, we'll get there. That's so. pretty neat species. Yeah. yeah, like you said, that pattern, just the the variation from head to tail and how it'll change. You know, yeah. that, that is that's really unique. It, it was. We went to Nerd and we got to play with the cave dwelling rat snake, and we came home. And I'm like that. I couldn't get the thing out of my head, and, <laughs> but I couldn't find any. I couldn't find any cave dwellers. And I just found this pair of blue beauties and I got it. I got them. And then I think about a year ago, a buddy of mine was moving and he asked me to hang on to some of his stuff. And he had a pair of cave dwellers and they were just jerks. And I'm like, God, I'm glad I chose the beauties. <laughs> like these things suck. It's like, it's, it's just whatever it is. But, um, they're a cool species. I, I, I really want to read, uh, minor, um, I got them as hatchlings and I have the pictures of the parents and all that fun stuff. So I'm like, I'm itching to get them to reproduce. I think that'd be a cool thing to do. So, yeah, for sure. That's all. Yeah. Them and the Kribo. If I can get, get that done right this next year, I think I'll be happy. So. Very cool. Mm-hmm. All right. And then I guess before we hit, you know, the closing questions, I guess let's, you're working with Helma Harris scrubs. Yeah, what's up with that? Yeah, that's a good question. I um, I'm a noob, you know, with the with the home errors. They they kind of fell into my lap. Um, and 
I'm still getting used to them, you know, still figuring them out. And I was hoping to be able to pick your brain, Eric, a little bit about this. And, yeah. um, but so far so good, you know, they, they're definitely the most challenging I've had to get acclimated. Um, they, they came in quote unquote captive hatched, um, and took me a solid, uh, two months to get the female to take something. Um, the male probably about three. And eventually what I had to do is just kind of, I had them on smaller tubs, just trying to, you know, minimize any, any variables and, and stressors. Uh, just, I just kind of blacked things out for them. And, and that seemed to do the trick. They would like defensively strike, you know, from the tongs, but they would never grab it or wrap it up. And as soon as I would flinch whatsoever drop, and then they're just keyed in on me, you know? Um, so eventually, you know, uh, kind of figuring them out, just kind of drop it in there and, they would drop one in the water bowl and find it the next morning. And after two or three times, you know, kind of smaller prey item. And they finally took that down. And that's been the ticket to get them to eat at least so far with them is just kind of warming it up leaving it in there, small prey item infrequently, and then really not messing with them at all. Um, a male is really high, high strong. I mean, the biggest challenge I have with him, honestly, is like when I have to clean, uh-huh. It's getting him off the hook and back into the tub. Um, he will not let go of that hook, and he'll just strike and strike, and he'll nail himself and trying to hit me in the tub and the hook. And it's a, uh, <laughs> I, I, it's a challenge, and I enjoy that part of it, and I'm glad that they're doing all right and eating, but just feel like I'm not, I'm not as successful as I'd like to be with them yet. So, yeah, they're 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 tough, you know. I, I say this story all the time is I had a similar issue and everybody was telling me, you know, back when I had them, like had a nice group of them. You had, they said you had to keep them hotter because Halma hair was hotter. And like, you know, this whole idea that they had to be like 90 plus degrees and all this stuff, which found out to be total bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I kind of went against the grain there, but like I had it in like a, you know, a cage and then I ended up switching to a tub just because I was trying, you know, I found that they were super, super sensitive, (laughs) like snakes, man. They, they, you know, you would just, whenever I would be in my, my room, it would just be, you just hear smack, smack, smack. I'm like, this can't be good for the snake, you know? So I went yeah, right. to a tub and then it seemed to settle down. And, um, you know, I never, I would just put the, the prey in the tub, close it, come back the next day. It's gone. No, no issues there. Um, and the kicking the balls with that man is like, you'll, you'll go so good, so long with them for, they'll be so good. And it seems like you have them dialed in and then just like some little quirk and just like, then they're gone. You know, Roy, are these your first? Are these your first scrubs at like ever? No. Okay. Um, no, <laughs> but it, yeah, and, and it sounds really similar to like what you're saying, Eric. It's, and I, I've had that in the back of my mind, and I've, everything I've been able to to read about and, and talk to people about, and I've right. heard that story, right. and that they're just they have that reputation for just going belly up for who knows what or for the slightest thing. So I always have that paranoia in the back of my head, but right. Um, so far so good. It's, it's kind of interesting because I only have a pair, but the female is the complete polar opposite of the other one. Like totally chill, super shy, can free handle. No problem. The 
and not that I ever do, but you know, a few times that I have, I mean, she's been very calm. Right. Um, but then, yeah, the, the other one's just high strung, like you were saying, just thumping if there's any kind of shadow. So like I have to keep, they're in tubs right now. Um, and not as high as I'd like to have them so that, you know, they're, they're not really seeing as much activity when I'm moving around and cleaning. Right. Um, so I got to keep her, keep him basically blacked out. Otherwise I will hear that thump. Oh, yeah, I moved <laughs> every it. time you see a shadow or something so right i did move mine up to the top um and uh i don't know is is so yours are they they both look the same is one light dark i i only saw the one it seemed like it was real light the um yeah i've only posted a picture of one and that's the female the male is gorgeous he he almost looks hypo yeah, i he but he has really contrasting patterns Okay. Um, the, the one that I posted is a female and she is gorgeous too, but he is, um, uh, man, he, he almost puts her to shame. Um, so yeah, yeah, they're, they're still small though. Um, you know, and, uh, well, right good. now you they're just in like a, you got them in small ish, you know, not as babies, but you know, right. they, they can comfortably in like a, a sweater box rack right now, you know, like a okay. 22 by 15 or so size okay. rack. They don't have much height. So I, I just didn't want to bump them up too quick. So and I'm just trying to figure out what I want the next step to look like. Um, but for now, yeah, they're they're coming along. They're hanging. They're doing all right. I think uh, I think if you're gonna go, I think uh, Lawrence Ketchington he has a good uh, plan with them as far as like giving them a lot of um, cover. You know. I think mm-hmm. if you're going to do a cage yeah. and you give them like a lot of that, that cover, whether it's plastic plants or however you do it, it doesn't matter. But uh, I think that's that that seems to be important with them because, you know, I just left them alone, man. And I had that girl for, for the longest time, longest time. I, God, what did I have her for? I went like five, six years. I, I was about to say five. Yeah. You know, and, she, was uh, she did. She seemed to do real good. And then, um, just one day what happened like yeah she just she stopped feeding and <clears throat> i don't know maybe i should maybe where i screwed up is i should have moved her into a cage at that point after she kind of got settled in you know but i think what you're doing mm-hmm. is right i mean and it's not like i have tons yeah. of experience with them but you know um i've just been trying to decide like one one thing i've been kicking around is doing like a a combo cage type setup for them where i won't have to mess with them so doing like like the bowl file type cages, but doing like a vertical pass through so that, yeah. you know, I can kind of keep the separator in there. But when it is time where I want to, you know, let them have access to each other, then I don't have to be, you know, flip flopping them cages or tubs um, yeah. and giving them plenty of, plenty of vertical space. So that's one thing I've been kind of kicking around trying to figure out if I want to go that route once they get a little bigger. So, yeah, I think that's what Rob did. Rob, uh, he had like two cages joined together together. And uh, that's how he bred. Well, he didn't breed them, but he tried to. And uh, oh yeah, he would just well, uh, open them up, and you know, then the male would have access to the female. I mean, it reminds me a lot of yeah. what Keith has with his bull and I, where it's like he can literally yeah. open a tunnel that his male now has access to the female's cage. And I mean, uh, we know Peter Birch did it with his children and I, where he had the cages next to each other, and he like drilled through and put a PVC pipe with like a blocker or like caps. And then when it was time to breed, he just removed the caps and allowed access to each other. So it, it you could do it. I mean, it's a way to kind of get that set up off topic. Yeah. And then, I mean, Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Good. 
No, go for it. Yeah. No, no, no. Finish it up. Yeah, I, I can hit on this as we close out. Yeah. Well, and I guess one thing I was thinking about, like with the, if you do like the combo vertically is then you get a lot of gradient top to bottom as far as heat too. So if you could, you know, just keep maybe like the top panel on the bottom panel off and then give them plenty of place to climb. Like you said, plenty of cover. Um, and really don't have to just trying to minimize stress. Cause like thinking about this male, whenever I have to mess with him or clean, like he is just so high strong and I can just, imagine how long it might take him to kind of come back down to his normal, like after I you know, had to mess with him. So to not have to do that, right. but be able to pair him, I think, I think might, might help. So. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, maybe you want to get like, um, you know, my dad used to do this with venomous stuff, but if, well, Oh, and you do this too. It's like, if you're using like a hide box that you can remove, you can yeah, cover over to lock them in it. It's, you know what I, mean? I had this really nasty <clears throat> carpet python at one point, and I had an old venomous trap box where it's when the snake goes in it, you put the little piece of wood there and it locks the cobra inside. And that was his hide box just because I didn't feel like dealing with him. And he, he would go in there and I'd lock him in there, clean his cage, put it back. I'd remove the uh, lock and let him out of the cage, and he'd come flying out of the box, and then I'd be able to take the box away and clean it. So I mean, it took me like several minutes to clean his cage, but it was I had no contact with him. So I think that it, might help settle yeah. it down, you know, if you're yeah. able to uh, to uh, to do that. Oh yeah, you know, to, any to any hands off, you know. Right. That's why I like the bins <laughs> right. a lot with mine is because I can just pick up the whole bin and move it, and it, it works a lot with the Timors and a lot of the other higher strung animals like the white lips because. I don't have to touch them. I just move the whole bin and I put the bin up against something. So it's blocked off and the snake can't get out, clean the cage, put the bin back. And then one time I just try to catch them when they're outside of the bin so I can get that and clean it too. But this way there's no, I'm not, I I don't want to be one of those guys that sits there and goes, well, it doesn't like it. So I just hold them until they do like it. Like, no, you're just going to stress them out more. So you didn't want to deal with me. That's fine. You didn't have to. So, right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that would work with them at all. Yeah. That's just, uh, they seem to like it to the, by themselves. From what I understand too, the, the smaller you get them, the better off you are. Like that one that I got was that I had for a while was, uh, she was, she was young, she was small and young. Yeah. And I, I've got some big ones and that just ended badly. You know, they, they didn't, they didn't establish well. I mean, they were told, I was told that they were small and then the seven foot snake comes in. <laughs> like, what the hell? I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, this, this can't so be right. That was, uh, was that like your biggest? Is that what they topped out at? Was about seven, seven foot? Yeah, that's, that's the biggest one that I had. Um, I don't think they, I don't even, you know, they, they were like one of those, um, Real slender, but real long, like very misleading, yeah. you know, type of snake. Like yeah. You're looking at it like, that's not big. And then you take it out and you're like, what the hell? Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> you know, but uh, big hits. Yeah, it's like all the same with the blue beauties, you know. You pull mm-hmm. them out and they, they just keep coming and coming. And you're like, man, there's there's still some more tail in there. Like, that's the animal's still coming. <laughs> yeah. At some point, this will stop, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, 100% uh, cool snakes. Yeah, I wish you luck with them, man, you know, and uh, – uh, it seems like you're off yeah, to, uh, to a good start, you know, with them. Yeah. So far, so good. You may have to pick your brain at a future date. Imagine yeah. there'll be you know, some other challenges we'll run into, but 
Yeah, yeah I'm really enjoying them. They're, you know, again, just another tan and brown snake, but man, they, um, I don't know, they, they just do it for me. So can't wait to get them into a, like, I've seen some of those pictures, you know, Lawrence has of his setups and, um, they're fantastic. I mean, they're just visually appealing to look at and the animals seem to really like them and, and be doing well. And he's obviously having some success. So it's, it's paying off for everybody. Yeah. 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 Anytime that, you know, uh, animals that are not readily produced can be produced. It's, it's a win for everyone. So mm-hmm. we had the, um, Last summer, we had the opportunity. We went and did some camping up in South Dakota. And, of course, you know, I had to hit reptile gardens, right? Yes. Um, <laughs> I was hoping to meet Terry Phillip because, you know, I'd, back in the day, I picked up that Maroki from him and, and a pair of jungles and um, not working that day, but we still got to check things out. And they had, man, this scrub was huge. It, I mean, the size of the head on that thing had to have been mm-hmm. easily bigger than my hand. Um, that thing had to have been solid. 14, 15 feet, you know, the girth of my calf is such a impressive animal. But yeah, for whatever reason, I don't know that, that natural camo tan and brown and black mm-hmm. colors. I just, yeah, does it for me. So me too. Yeah. Um, was that, uh, was that, that was, a. Uh, what do they have there? What kind of scrub do they have? Is it King Horn eye that they have at that? I, I think, think so. I think, yeah. I think it was, I'd have to go back and flip through my pictures, but I'm pretty sure it was. I thought they, I, I, I thought they at least had a had biak. I don't know if they had king horn eye, but if no, there's know, any place, I know would. at some point he had them king horn. Okay. I think they had them on display, but I don't know if um, I don't think he had a pair, but I think he had one. Just had the one there. Yeah, I don't huge. remember seeing one in there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it was king horn eye. That's cool, man. Yeah. They're, they're <laughs> yeah, they're cool snakes, man, for sure. Very. Uh, I, when we were when we were handling them in the wild, man, we were like, "Oh shit, this could be dodgy." <laughs> this is <a> very large. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> this could either end one good, and surprisingly, <laughs> they were pretty chill. But you know, I mean, I've handled some nasty scrubs in my day, but no, they were pretty yeah. chill. So, no, I those are probably some of the shows of your guys. I didn't, you know, admittedly, I didn't, I haven't been listening to your show forever. Right. Uh, I was aware of it, but maybe only started listening to it, you know, a year or two ago. So I've been playing catch up from the back mm-hmm. forward. Oh, but we're sorry. Every once in yeah. a while, when you have like, I have David Means on, and then um, oh, I'll jump to that one and listen to it. And those are some of the most enjoyable shows I've listened to, or, or the ones on Scrubs. So mm-hmm. keep yeah, them coming, you, man. Yeah. You don't, you don't really hear people talking about them too much, you know. So at least uh, for me, like I remember the first scrub show we did, that was like the greatest thing. That was like, I don't. I could have retired from Morelia Python Radio at that point. No, know? but no, I, I was no. sick. <laughs> but, the rest, the rest of this, the rest of this whole show has just been me trying to redeem myself for that piece of steaming pile of crap show. Right, yeah, right. not because of the guest; he was amazing. Right. Blake was awesome. <laughs> I sucked. So yeah, yeah um, good stuff. I'm with you. But no, it's, yeah, uh, I really dig those shows. So keep them coming, man. Will do. Will do. We're not going anywhere. <laughs> so I know we just keep being joined I, by most more and more podcasts. You know, I know. Coming reptile podcast. You know, I'm I'm running out of time to listen to all these shows, man. I'm not going to be able to do it. I'm going to have to start picking and choosing. <laughs> uh oh, now you're all at the fight for Eric's love. Yeah. Oh geez. Yeah. So, oh, why don't you hit on uh, your questions and then uh, 
below. All right, we'll we'll wrap it up. So, Roy, uh, obviously, um, what we'd like to ask first of all is um, if you could go herping anywhere on the planet, with uh, where would it be, and what would you be hoping to find? So, I mean, obviously, you know, stuff we work with, Australia is hard to beat. But um, if I had to choose just one, I'd have to say Central America. Okay. Um, specifically the, the Hog Islands uh, off the coast of Honduras. I'd want to go down there and find some real Hog Island boas. That's that's something I've, I've always been drawn to uh, Latin culture and, and, mm. and, and island life. And I don't know. Yeah, that's always been really appealing to me work with a small group of those guys. I'd love to see what they really look like in the wild. I was about to ask him, like, are you going to add some hogs? Because it's like, I, I, I had this thing where, you know, I knew some people who had hog islands when I was getting into it and I'm like, Oh, they're cool. Pink boa. And then I didn't see them for a while. And then we saw them at Keith McPeak's place and he has some really nice ones. And I'm like, yeah, I forgot how cool hog islands looked. And so, I mean, that's, Mm -hmm. That's one of those. So um, you said you have yeah, a small for group. Sure. I mean, yeah. Those island, you know, if, if I had more room, I, I'd, I'd love to work with all the, the island locality animals. Um, at this point, yeah, I'm just working with a small group of hogs and then another small group of Pearl Island boas. Okay. And um, nice. yeah, the, the kind of reduced pattern, the, the natural hypomelanism, the, the color shift, you know, uh, they tend to lighten up quite a bit at night. Um, they tend to be more arboreal than, than some of the other um, boas. And, you know, not like the tree boas, obviously, but, mm-hmm. um, and they stay a lot smaller. They're pretty manageable, pretty easy to care for. Yeah, I do enjoy those, but I sure wouldn't mind adding all the other ones. So, yeah, that's awesome. So, all right. So now um, I would say that if you could have any animal in your collection uh, and not have to be constrained by legality or size or money, what would it be and why? Um, you know, for that one, and I'm confident I'm going to be checking this one off in the, in the near future, but I'd have to go with the, with the Papuan python. Um, oh. it's not an issue as far as legality or, or restriction or anything like that. Uh-huh. It's just the fact that I guess for me and the hobby, you know, they're relatively uncommon. And, um, but yeah, I don't know that, that, that big, strong, robust, patternless animal. And, you know, from what I've, what I've been able to learn about them, you know, pound for pound, there's some of the, the strongest animals there are strongest pythons that exist. Those I'd love to add at some point. That was my uh, that was my crazy side note a minute ago. Um, I was going to uh, so I ha- I have a female pop one right, and I'm, I mm. have like a I have like a big um, like hide that she has. It's like a big round hide, right? And it's like she gets in there and squeezes in there. For whatever reason, um, I must have put like two deli cups in the mm-hmm. in the when I put the the water in and she must have bumped one out somehow and it went on the end of the 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 hide right like so it's like mm-hmm. a long like think of a big huge round paper towel hold holder thing you know like the paper mm-hmm. towel roll <laughs> yeah but like bigger like the ones I use for you know the paper I use Owen for the yeah, yeah. one of the cages it's off of that yeah right? 
Anyway. I, I, I threw those in with my uh, Chinese king rats. They're fantastic. Right. So yeah. she's super hungry, right? And I go and I'm, I'm going in to, you know, make sure she has water and the whole deal and, and go in to feed her. And like she comes like shooting out the backside of it, but she can't get off because the deli cup is capped <laughs> over the top. So I can see her coming out, right? And she's just going, like her mouth is just wide open, going, rah. She's like rubbing against the thing. I'm like, thank God that deli cup is there. I'm like, holy shit. Wow. <laughs> I love those things. It they're they're one of those animals where it's like, um, you know, it, it, like I, I see other people having them, and I mean, um, one that comes to mind is like Austin over at Rage Bearded Reptiles. Um, he's got some yeah. gorgeous ones, and I'm like, you know, there's some of those animals where it's just like, damn, that's a good looking snake, and they have those big bulldog heads, and uh, yeah, but yeah, space for that. <sighs> yeah, so those those guys would definitely have to add to the list at some point. But they, they, I don't know. They seem to be pretty hard to come by, and if you're trying to find pairs, that that's that's even more challenging. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. yeah, you gotta, uh, you know, you gotta stick it out for a captive born and bred clutch, and then you're really cooking. So uh, yeah. I think there's only about like one or two, one of those maybe a season. Like I, I don't think we even had one. Hey, when did you get yours, Eric? Was that the year before? Uh yeah, I can't even remember. Yeah. I don't even I don't even think we had I don't think I even saw anybody produce any last year, so God only knows. Um I think that's one of the most intriguing things about, you know, like some of these species and you know, the Homa hares or the, the Papuans is so few people work with them and even yeah. fewer have had success breeding them. Like that that's like the ultimate challenge, you know, to yeah. not not so that you can brag about it, but more so like, you know, these are animals that not a lot of people know a whole lot about. Um, right. So to be able to figure them out, be successful with them, and then bring it full circle to fruition and produce something, yeah. and that, that, that'd be that, so rewarding. Yeah. Stuff, for sure. All right. So, I mean, that kind of does answer the question. The next one, which would be like, it, what will you be adding to your collection in the near future or this year? Um, uh, I mean, if you have something else in mind, you can tell us about that. Um. I kind of go backwards. So I, you know, I kind of jumped in, you know, from, from stuff into, into carpets, but I've been mm-hmm. kind of going backwards and adding some of the more common stuff um, that you, you see and has been around quite a while. But for okay. me, um, it's black milk snakes. Um, they, they've been kind of had my eye for a while. And, you know, the, the drastic color change, the, the big robust, but, you know, pretty mellow colubrid is uh something that that i don't have you know it checks number of different boxes there so that's something um i'd like to add we'll be adding in the near future that's awesome that's cool all right um now did you have any kind of contact information or stuff you wanted to throw out for people to get in touch with you if they want to inquire about some snakes or just kind of talk your head off about uh i don't know we'll say how hammer scrubs or something like that <laughs> yeah um so facebook um got a page there tierra de morelia um the handle is t as in tom d as in david morelia um websites in the works all my contact information is on that facebook page email facebook messenger uh phone so any of that works just fine 
Awesome. Uh, Eric, he said it better than you did. I'm just going to say that now. He, he, yeah. Absolutely. He said it better. I'm so take um, his little thing and edit it. Just, just edit it. Like, <laughs> so it'll be, it'll be your voice. Then all of a sudden it'll just chop in the him. Like, it, yeah. yeah right, right. Fantastic. So, <laughs> man, it's been yeah. awesome. Right on. Uh, yeah. Awesome having you on, man. I really appreciate you taking the time and coming and hanging out with us in the middle of, uh, you know, virus fever and everybody been <laughs> locked down and all that stuff so oh yeah i know right no likewise i appreciate the opportunity it's fine fun to finally get to chat with you guys you know we've both been in the hobby for a while i'm sure you know we've kind of heard of each other but never actually talked so yeah. been, <laughs> enjoyed it so i appreciate the opportunity <laughs> yeah anytime man. anytime so we'll have to cool. check it out when you get success with uh you know, like you know, you you call me when you when those tigers hatch. You know, we'll talk some more. <laughs> so you know, there you go. Right on, man. Mid May, mid May, they're due. So all right, good. <laughs> so it gives me. Hopefully, I can see daylight when it's mid May. So you know, <laughs> so yeah. we'll see. But yeah. all right, man. This has been right. awesome. You know, we'll just uh, wrap up the show and uh, we'll catch up with you. I think a little bit later on down the road. All right, fellas. Take care. Be well. All right. You All right thanks, sir. See you. Good stuff, man. Classic NPR episode, if you will. We have those. Yeah, yeah. those are those are good episodes of NPR. It takes us back to the days. Yes. But um, hitting on all the stuff that you know I personally love. But uh, yeah, carpet stuff. python. There. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, what's next? Uh well, I guess we'll just uh, wrap it up and get the heck out of here because I got to yes. go to bed. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I have to do. I have to walk down the hall to go to work tomorrow. Shut up, you. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Uh, all right. Go ahead. Uh, all right. Uh, for us, Murray Python Radio, uh, you can check out our website, murraypythonradio.net. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. If you want to get in touch with us, info at murraypythonradio.com is our email. Um, as far as myself, E.B. Morelia, um, you can follow me on uh any of the uh social media you know instagram you, you know, youtube and uh facebook and all that stuff uh eb morelia um i don't know about carpet fest man i don't i don't i don't shut your dirty whore mouth it's gonna be fine <laughs> I, I don't i don't know i, I don't know what no, to say it's gonna it's, be, I no, mean, it's scheduled no, for august no, 8th no 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 we need this daylight at the end of the tunnel that is carpet fest regardless we're gonna roll with that we're not calling it yet right well i'm not calling it but i'm not gonna call it the day before so yeah i know too soon shit you did that um we will we will reassess the situation as everything goes on if you were planning on coming out of to out to carpet fest and you have to travel from states away and need to book it i would hold off for now um because you know for all we know it, it, we may not be back into this stuff by august so hang tight we will assess the situation as we get further in we're very sorry <laughs> yeah so maybe we could do like virtual carpet fest well uh, no, we're still FaceTime selling each other <laughs> we're still selling t-shirts it's going to be a snake curled up on the sofa looking at a window <laughs> and that'll be the carpet <laughs> fest logo for the year right oh my god uh, <laughs> So yeah, uh, that's that's all I got. All right. Oh, by the way, oh, and real quick, I yeah. I tried to do your tagline at the end of the show. <laughs> it was me and Rob, and yeah. I was like, I think I, I think I edited it 
so it sounded right. But the real thing was like, and I'm sitting there going like, my God, I've listened to this guy say this I, 52 you, times you a year for the past 10 years. Here and it How? didn't work. No, we need to stick, stay to our lanes, and then the show goes on. Yes. I don't understand. Don't be yes. singing up. Yeah. You just can't, no, can't so, do it. Can't do anyway. it. <laughs> Take us out. <laughs> All right. Thank you. All right. For me, you can go to rogue-reptiles.com. Check out everything we got going on at Rogue. Uh, there are several babies available up, and I have the first of the 2019 eggs are being laid now. Uh, I'll put up what we're getting as far as eggs and uh, what we have available is up to date on the website. You can also go to rogue reptiles at facebook.com and follow us at, on Instagram at rogue underscore reptiles. Uh, that's all we have for you guys today. Normally I'd sit here and tell you about what shows I'm going to be at, but that isn't happening. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that is all we have for you guys tonight. So we'll say thank you all for listening. Stay safe, stay healthy, do everything you got to do. Um, and we'll catch everybody back here next week for some more Morelia Python radio. Good night. <laughs>